This week in league, we reveal a worthy challenger to MC Kilogram, MC Barbecue. Ben Hornby takes the easy way out and retires instead of helping the Dragons rebuild. New South Wales set their sights on the 2015 Origin Crown after taking steps to forfeit the next two series. And we'll review all of the action from round 24 of the 2012 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 101 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. So, into the 100s. Yes, yes we are. Do you feel any different? Oh, look, I'm still coming down off the high of last week. Or maybe the bourbon. <laughs> I don't know which. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, people people obviously noticed the, the alcohol consumption, whether, you know, for better or worse. I thought it was for better. Um, oh, also, whinging tons- prats like Gillian Tate seemed to think I was rambling on. Well, not, not sure how that was different to any other week, but you know, we love Jill, but I mean, we, you might. She, she should be a shareholder a in Bundaberg Rum. Yeah, she's possibly the greatest whinger I've ever come across in my entire life. Yet she's happy to, you know, throw out the whinger tag to other people. Look, you know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm perfectly honest, and I don't want to get into it on the show. I've seen a lot of fucking whingers on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, my God, Twitter's tampon fell out collectively it speaking. certainly did and you know it wasn't all that long ago we were telling people on Twitter to settle fuck down clearly it's now had the opposite effect now we to tell people on Twitter to shut the fuck up yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah not getting into that um, Alpha Brain we had some, uh, we had, we had some uh, more purchases through the week of people uh, hooking up some products uh, particularly the Shroom Tech uh, the old Shroom Tech sport so um, yeah thanks very much to everyone who grabs some stuff helps out the show helps pay the bills love it um, and, Mick, Mick Tracy know. took delivery of his stuff he did he I did. think he got some Shroom Tech sport which would be fucking wasted because you fucking guy breaks a sweat typing on a keyboard and Riff Man as well I mean he, he said that he, uh, he, he ordered his, he ordered his uh, Shroom Tech uh, got it two days after he broke his finger <laughs> Before the finals, yeah. Self prostate exams are dangerous things, and uh, yeah, and it's sadly, as good as it is, it's not going to uh, knit the bones any better. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> uh, and then, and then Mick was saying, that, you know, he was looking forward to working out for t- you know for three hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's watching not- YouTube clips of you know chicks lifting weights in the nude doesn't count as a workout, Mickey. <laughs> is there such a thing? I don't know. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> um. What else do we have at the top of the show to get through? Thank you for everybody. Uh, there were people who sent tweets in after the fact, and like on Facebook as well, on the Facebook wall, uh, you know, for the post about the 100th episode. So um, thanks very much, everybody who sent us, you know, their, their you know, good wishes and everything like that. Um, appreciate it. Yeah, lots of love last week. It was much appreciated. That's a lot of love. Back to everyone calling us pricks this week. Yeah, and Hayden Allison, you know, oh, the episode's late. Oh, it's too long. Oh, it's not long enough. Oh, you didn't read my tweet. Yeah, the person on the bus is painting her nails. Ha, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) News. 
first story, the big story was, I mean, this week, uh, you know, it was fairly light on in the news stakes, and then like a uh, manner from heaven, and like the NRL basically performing on cue to give us, uh, you know, material. material for the show. Today, it delivered big time, and probably the biggest news day that I can remember in rugby league period, other than the Storm fiasco. Other than the day that they got punished, uh, that that was a full on day because that was you know like long press conferences and news analysis and it was all about rugby league. Um, this one though, a lot of rugby league related stories. And the first one, the biggest one of the day, the NRL rights deal. Channel Nine and Fox Sports have retained the broadcast rights for rugby league with the signing of a one point zero two five billion five year deal. John Grant, the ARL Commission Chairman, he announced the details of the new deal this morning as we record the show. He said, "Today we answer the one billion dollar question with a one billion dollar plus deal of one point zero two five billion." which is $925 million in cash and $100 million in advertising. This is a fantastic outcome. Now, let's just break down what that deal means and forgive, you know, if forgive me if it sounds familiar. As part of the deal, <laughs> Channel 9 will broadcast three weekly matches, two on Friday and one on Sunday. Status quo there. Three Thursday evening matches over the course of the year a standalone test and city country weekend, Wednesday night state of origin matches, same old, same old, a nighttime grand final with a 7.15pm kickoff. We'll get into the analysis and the, the opinions after this. Sure. Roosters, Dragons, Anzac Day matches. I mean, that's, they mustn't have been guaranteed in the last deal, but they just must have been you know traditional or something. Um, two hours of rugby league content each evening on digital channel 94, plus two hours of content on Saturday and Sunday morning. And uh, Nine will ensure that all of its matches are telecast on either the primary or digital station in each state and the Queensland Super Cup. Fox Sports, they'll telecast five weekly matches across Saturday, Sunday and Monday, 13 Sunday night matches at 6.30pm over the course of the year, Storm versus Warriors Anzac Day game, except for 2014. Three non-NRL matches each week played in conjunction with the Telstra Premiership game, which will be shared between Toyota Cup, New South Wales Cup and GIO Schoolboys Cup. And uh, other things, Nine and Fox Sports will provide coverage of the Four Nations. Uh, the first 20 rounds of the Premiership will be scheduled in advance of the season. The final six rounds will be scheduled at round 16. So that's basically how it's going to run down. Um, Gingell, David Gingell from uh, Channel 9 said, We've stepped up and paid as much money as we possibly could. Channel 9's involvement goes back now more than 20 years. I think the price we paid is fair and reasonable. Uh, I'm unapologetic about not showing both Friday night games live on our digital channels. When you pay this much for the exclusive rights, you run into a commercial advantage. You run it to a commercial advantage. We are a broadcaster, not a narrowcaster, and we cater for the majority. Queensland wants to watch Queensland games, and New South Wales want to see New South Wales games. I don't apologise for that. He was a bit of a smug cunt, actually, to be honest, in the in the uh, the press conference. Well, speaking like a man that had a billion dollars to throw around. Yeah. And effectively uh, bought a fairly submissive um, governing body. Yeah, big time, <laughs> big time. It's, I mean, let's look at the positives. It's it's great that the game has this huge injection of cash over the next five years. Yep. Um their next challenge is to spend it wisely, and and that's a big part of the uh, the independent commission coming in and and having control of the game. To you know, with the anticipation that this sort of deal was going to be forthcoming, secures the futures of all the clubs because the grants now will pretty much uh, cover their salary caps, which will be increased salary caps. Yeah. So then, the, then the clubs, you know, obviously will have the additional, you know, they'll easily easily easy to become profitable I think because I think the the grants are now going to cover you know most of their running costs 
Exactly. Like things like sponsorship and stuff like that can be put to better use for you know, other things. For sure. Um, look, I, I think that the players are starting to get paid what they're worth. Yep. And the top tier of players um, are going to be earning some serious coins. So the, the attraction of, you know, French rugby or Japanese rugby or the English Super League and things like that is, is going to be diminished somewhat. Um, real positives. I think that they can, you know, disperse a lot of that cash to at a grassroots level, uh, improve country rugby league, um, and and that only enhances the NRL product. You know, if yeah. if you've got a better quality of of athlete coming, you know, from the the very very grassroots level of the game all the way up to the to the point where they're identified as a talent and get that you know next level of of coaching and and training to you know with a view to them stepping into the NRL and that's great but the resources have to be there and in in recent times a lot of those resources haven't haven't been available and they haven't been dispersed to those levels of rugby league so it's good that they'll be looked after uh, and that you know once players do make the NRL and they become stars that they in turn will be rewarded for the the money that the game makes off their talent and you know them being a marketable uh, face of the game based on their ability so yep. Um, all really good positive signs there. Um, there's, I have to say, it's a bit disappointing that we are getting the status quo in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, let's, there's more positives than that. The uh, other big positive that I can tell is that uh, the first 20 rounds of the Premiership scheduled in advance of the season, that is going to be tremendous for people like us. Sure. Because now we're going to know and we're going to be able to pick and choose the games we want to go and see for our yeah. teams, you know, the games we can get down to. Cheap flights. And we can get the flights when they're cheap, you know, yep. rather than having to pay like the fucking, you know, two weeks before or, you know, whatever time we sort of know. Yeah. And it also, it's great for guys that we know, like like Mark Tramby, for example, who runs the Manly Tours. Hmm. It's going to be amazing for him because he's going to be able to, you know, book, people are going to be booked stuff, you know, at the start of the season for, yep. for functions. The club's going to be able to set functions up. He's the going to be able to set money packages he'll be up. able to generate, you know, he'll be flying his he'll own Learjet. He'll be flying everyone down to Manly games in his own private jet. That's right. Um, but know, it's just, you know, I don't think he should stop until he reaches that goal. But it means that he's going to, it's going to be so much easier for uh, for him as well to, you know, for his product, you know, for that he does for the Manly supporters, which, um, you know, maybe he then, you know, might be able to branch out to the other teams because he's had some interest from the other teams, but, you know, as yet, you know, clubs are slow to get on board. Maybe this will tip it over. And, you know, it's not a full season of pre-scheduled matches, but, you know, I can understand why the final six rounds will be, you know, they, for the final six rounds, they probably... It's a lot better than what we had. Yeah, well, they want to avoid... They, they want to avoid putting teams that are blown out of the race. Mm. You know, they want to avoid having them on. So it's fair enough they revise it's, it's, after... It's a nice compromise. To, yeah, I think so. Uh, not many other compromises. Um, I like the new content. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, let's see what it is. It's Channel 9 content, and, you know, with the exception of the Sunday footy show, their content's not that flash at the moment. Well, yeah, I guess. The best content's coming from, you know, I mean, even the game plan's better content than, you know, Channel 9 are providing. That's true. And but you Fox never know, with, you know, with uh, the fact that shows like the game plan and, and things like that have come on um, strong in, the, in recent times, and Channel 9 may step up to the mark. Um, Just quietly. Maybe. I mean, if they've got to fill two hours of content each evening there, you know... Hey, Channel just 9, saying. just over here. Faces of Rugby League. Faces of Rugby League. Not just because our heads are shaped like footies. Home of Rugby League. You know, we don't show delayed games. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I apologise. Sorry, sorry, Channel 9. <laughs> we, don't, we don't matter to you. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, things like... See, there's a lot of Broncos hate 
coming from people as a result of the broadcast deal. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, well, they're saying that now that it's not really a Broncos fault. Yeah, they're saying now there'll be 20, 20 rounds of Broncos on Friday night <laughs> scheduled in advance. Yeah, maybe maybe that's going to be you know similar to the case. Yeah, uh, you know Sunday night football remains to be seen how good that how successful it's going to be. A lot of shows put their you know their marquee stuff on Sunday nights, like you know your reality ones like Master Chef and Biggest Loser and things like that. So yeah, how they're going to rate against those, I'm not sure. I mean, it certainly gives people who don't want to watch that shit an option, mm. you know, to see some footy. Um, and the fact that I, I don't know that those games are going to be uh, particularly well attended. Uh, a no. bit like Monday night. No, well, exactly. Tough to get to on a school, on a school night or when you've got work the next morning. Certainly so. not a family-friendly time slot. No, it's not. So, which will probably only enhance the ratings. And as Ginjal said, you know, they spent a billion dollars. They didn't do it to, you know, as a charity donation. Yeah. You'd but imagine they've, that they've spent a billion dollars. I mean, that's, that's how much has Channel 9 spent, really? Because that's Fox Sports as well. Sure, and both of those guys will be looking, you know, Foxtel obviously out of subscriptions and advertising, and Channel 9 out of advertising um, yep. are going to be looking to make that money back. Other um, positives we've got as well. Um, Foxtel are going to make use of the digital rights more uh, in terms of, uh, you know, internet yep. rights, which means that, you know, they had an excellent app for the Olympics um, with, you know, streaming, like iPad app, mm-hmm. and so... They're saying they're making noise that there's going to be similar sort of thing for uh, rugby league, yep. which will be fantastic. Um, you know, to see games like if you can watch live games on iPads and shit like that, it'd be fantastic. Um, but can you hook your iPad up through your TV? Yeah. Okay. And if you've got an Apple TV, I mean, you can do it. You can kind of jimmy it. I mean, you know, you can plug a like a cable in, and uh, but if you've got Apple TV, it plays straight through. You can go like AirPlay, like wirelessly, yeah, straight yeah. through, cool. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a free thing provided for people who've got Foxtel. So, if you've got mm. Foxtel, you're going to be putting it through your television anyway, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so you don't really need to do that. Um, and also, I think uh, Channel 9, the, the downside, they're not putting the games in HD until 2014. Is that right? Foxtel are all live, ad-free in HD. Yeah. So, that's fantastic. Uh, obviously, you'll get the live live on Saturday nights being, you know, the Super Saturday, you know, viewer's choice. I wonder if that's trying to main, manage the investment so to speak, I would imagine... Well, maybe. I'm sure they probably have HD cameras, wouldn't they? Yeah, of course they do. So... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Maybe that, it's the investment in equipment that they've got to make on top of that. Maybe know. it's just fucking treating us like idiots. And maybe. The, and the big one, the nighttime grand final. Fuck, that shits me. It. We, we went away from it because people wanted to get to a more traditional time slot for the yeah. grand final. Um I can probably live with both. I do prefer the afternoon grand final. Well, mainly, go, mainly you're in the grand final at 7.15. Of course, I'm going to fucking be there. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about yeah. it. But it's not a kid, you know, and people go, oh, you know, people can take kids to, you know, it's a public holiday the next day. People who say that don't have fucking kids, end of story. You want to take like a three-year-old there? When, you know, they're, they're thinking about, having, you know, being in bed at 7.15, mm. stretching them out till 9.30? You don't know what you're fucking talking about if you say, you know, if, if that's your argument. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I love the afternoon ones. I mean, I, I think it's it's better, you know, as it's going, you know, the sun's going down, that kind of thing. Yeah, the, I, the atmosphere there last year. That'd be fantastic the last couple of years. Fantastic. Yeah, so. that'd be fantastic last couple of years. And then you know, it's night time when you finish, and then you go and you know, can you imagine seven fifteen kickoff? 
if we put you know had two more hours of drinking time in front of us, we wouldn't have even known what was happening in that game last year. I was borderline. <laughs> You're borderline at five. <laughs> You're borderline. We got there about three. I was or borderline four. halfway through the bus trip on the way to the game. Um, I sort of sobered up during the game because we didn't tend to drink much during yeah. the eighty minutes of the game. So, uh, and adrenaline, etc. But. Yeah, I, I, I prefer the afternoon time so I can live with the nighttime one. I would, you know, Jackson does get a bit grumpy the next day, but, if, you know, he's probably a bit young to be taking him to a grand final type yeah. game and have, having all the travel. Um, having said that, I would take him to a, you know, a nighttime Broncos game or whatever yeah. and just suffer the consequences, I guess. But, um yeah, the afternoon grand final is my preference. I can understand why people, you know, are, are arcing up about that. Because pretty much no one actually wants a nighttime grand final. No. Well, that's the reason they went away from it. I don't understand. They caved to public opinion mm. and, and went to the afternoon time slot, and then they've gone straight back when the new yep. deal's reached. Yep. And and yet again, it's a, it's a disappointing factor from the NRL's perspective that they've, they've had to cave because they... They had that figure in mind of a billion dollars. Because you know what, I'd prefer, I'd, I'd actually even prefer a three o'clock final, like the old days. I mean, because then there yeah. was like a, you know, the, you know, stuff kicked off about nine. Usually had like schoolboys, you know, finale or whatever, and then you know yep. you go through the grades and it works up till three o'clock. Even then, yeah, that was gold too back in the day. But you know, bet I'm, you know, I was very happy with uh, five o'clock ones too. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that is missing from this whole thing is a uh, Foxtel not providing a, a, an NRL channel. Hmm. They have an AFL one for the deal. They put on like eight channels for the Olympics. Yeah. Clearly, you think if they wanted to maximize their you know, return, their yeah, they'd set up a channel. I mean, yeah, it's just, that's not something that I'm you know I'm, I'm blowing up about. It's just something I think is you know. Kind I of just strange. I just think it, it, you know, when you look at the the AFL deal and they've got a channel out of it. Yep. And you know these Foxtel and Channel Nine have combined to spend a billion dollars. Yeah. And how does the NRL not get a channel? I, you know, and I, I know it seems a little bit. Well, they've got one. I want one too. It's, it's just, why not? But the other thing is, when you talking about they've got one, we haven't. Uh, the the live games that are on Channel Seven are simulcast on Foxtel as well, live. Mm. And so we're not getting that. So, you know, I thought it'd be great if Channel Nine could, uh, you know, they put their games on, you know, their seven thirty, nine thirty Friday night football games, and like Foxtel are allowed to either they put the reverse order on their digital channel. So people can watch them in a separate, different order if they want to, yeah. or let Fox, you know what I mean? Like let Foxtel do in the opposite order, so they're not the games aren't competing against each other, no. but it's just letting people who you know may only want to watch one game that night, like their team's game, using the opportunity to actually watch it. Yeah. Because you know what, people are going to legally stream it. Fucking I do all the time. They are, and you know, as Ginjal said, I can see why he looks at it from a commercial perspective and a profitability aspect, but he's, um, you know, there's ways around that. Yeah, <laughs> legal or otherwise, and, yeah. and fans are going to do it. They've been doing it for the last several seasons. So, you know, throw throw game passes back to the clubs like they do in you know having some other sports like NFL and you know hockey, yeah. hockey and stuff like that. You can buy like a pass to you know watch your team's games live mm. streamed you know over over your iPad or something, for example. Yeah. You know, one or something like that. It does it does smack of of the NRL being a little bit behind in some regards as far yeah. as um, fan access. I think Australia it just yeah. in general, as far as digital sports stuff is concerned. Yeah. Um, uh, you yeah. know, the fans want the access. Uh, you know, if you're paying for Foxtel, I don't know that you're missing out on much. No, so I mean, well, you're you not know. missing anything. It's really just the live games. Yeah. You know. Um, but all in all, 
I'm happy with the money that is going to be injected into the game, and that can only be a positive. I know that people are going to have their gripes about the ins and outs of the deal, but um, you know, the you know the most important thing is that all our clubs stick around and, and become profitable, which has been the you know the sole sort of ideal um, for the game at the top yep. level of the NRL. Uh, they've achieved that now, and, and that's a massive positive. Exactly. Now, I put it out to Twitter earlier today to see what our listeners thought about it and we've got an absolute billion tweets about it but uh i'll just read out some of them we've got uh freak 09 said uh the good one billion dollars in fixed schedule bad delayed free-to-air games in standard definition not evenly distributing teams in time slots fox not getting all eight games uh he also adds after that said the priority should have been channel nine showing a live game on friday saturday and sunday in hd and fox showing all eight games live two friday night games sucks um bondi roosters the problem is the NRL still has a chook raffle mentality and is still run by the 1970s Old Boys Network. Well, no. I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true as far as the Old Boys Network. No, given the kind of, kind of commission, they're but. kind of behind the behind the times though. But I wouldn't yeah. say yeah. Uh, Nudju, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I think ten and seven should join forces and start their own rugby league comp. That'll work, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pat Sherlock, eighty nine. The rich get richer and shitty TV coverage stays shitty. Uh, Williams277 Firstly I'm happy to hear That Lee got the billion dollars It was really important To get every cent However Continues on Disappointed That it looks like The Broncos will get Another 26 Friday night games And not happy at all That the Sunday uh, NRL game Will again be delayed In this day and age Where everything can be found Live on the internet Why show delayed games Exactly Agree Um, Who else we got here Nudju as well comes back and says, I want more information on the two hours of NRL programming each evening. This could be great, but no one's talking about it. Yeah. I'm excited about that, depending on what it is. <laughs> we're bound to be employed by next by next season. That's, what, that's what it comes down to. I mean, let's face it. You know, yeah, if they've got a billion dollars to show around. We're on the ground floor here. You know? Sure, they throw us $100 million each. Well, you know, it's not even the, the, that's not even the money. It's just like that's their, as part of the, the deal they paid for, they're paying to the NRL. They're, they're, they've committed to putting you know that much content on. Mm. So, you know, they might not have any left after the billion dollars, but, you know, whatever. Um, I'd do it for free. <laughs> uh, Williams277 goes on to say, in the fine print, did it say Gazney will never be allowed on TV again? <laughs> uh, Louis, after a case of cruises, is more coherent. Wow. Uh, CB underscore Bulldogs fan. It's good, but bad at the same time, because Channel 9 is shit, especially in Perth. I'm disappointed with Origin still on Wednesday nights, but I'm happy because they have the money for expansion, so I hope they hurry up an announcement. And you know what? I actually think they're going to put a freeze on expansion with this yeah, money. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And, yeah. And that... I think it's a bad news for teams, you know, for potential expansion and sites. there's people that, you know, there's bids that have spent you know, millions upon millions of dollars to try and formulate a bid to, with the view to getting expansion for 2013. And um, yep. it doesn't look like... Yeah, I'll no, be I surprised I don't if think they, it looks good they at all. push it back. Yeah. Bemson Meister, you get more money. We can't nick your best players anymore. You're now nicking ours. Stop moaning. <laughs> the Riffman, uh, it means about the same as the last deal, but with fixed scheduling, finally, and an arse load of money. Good deal. Uh, and he's another fan of Gaznia, Andrew Koisman. Can the league fund an operation to have Gaznia's voice box removed and donated to Lockyer? Hash English in decline. Hash Lockie is Batman. <laughs> I think Lockie's worse than Batman, I and mean, you can understand what Batman's saying. 
Um, <laughs> Lockie's Bane. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, Bane is like you know Sean Connery talking through a, a kid's toy Darth Vader, you know, like voice thing. <laughs> uh, let's go. I guess find some more because it really it really got off track there for a little while because uh, the next news story came out while people were replying to this. Um, here we go De- at Devonhead. It's fucked. Have never streamed a game before and was hoping the desire to would be rectified. I'm streaming away next year. And then he's gone, uh, hash nine in decline. And uh, and Freako9's come back and said, please explain why at the unique one, 80, can watch every game live from the USA while local fans can't. Hash channel nine is fucked. Ah, uh, Popsh. It's good. Scheduling up to around 20. Digital rights seem like they'll be better and the bad. Channel nine still and no expansion plans. So I say that no expansion plans were laid out in that whole package yep. which is why people are probably a little bit uh, nervous about it and uh, he's gone on to say the digital rights needs major improvement could not for the life of me get any highlights when I was in the States I um, I just wonder if so if you log on to NRL.com when you're in the States you can't get the highlights see I would have thought you could I mean I thought you know, I don't think they'd be region protected because you know they they do have that service too busy slagging me off about the Cowboys and I think we've you know we've um, well you know, we've had you know one of our one of our listeners, um, and I don't know if we'll name name him because of you know what we're going to say, but he's um he's outlined for us in the past, you know, a way to get you know live coverage of all games uh, for an inexpensive price, where you can pay basically ten dollars a month for a VPN, uh, <coughs> me, where you can uh, you know spoof your location, whether you know you're you're in England or America or Germany or whatever. And then for an additional $25 a month, you can sign up to uh, the, the Telstra Big Pond uh, Rugby League coverage, which is basically for people who are overseas. So you basically, uh, all the games are live. It just depends. Some games are live in some places, some aren't in others. So maybe you've got your location set as England, and you know the game, you want to watch a Broncos game, the Broncos Friday night game is not live for the English people, but you know you use your VPN, log in to say you're from the States, and it's live for the States. So you know using that for 35 bucks a month, you know, you can get you can get you can get every game live. You know that you want to see live, uh, and that's how illegal. That's how the illegal streams companies people. You know, hooking that up. You know, that's how the illegal streams happen. Sure. So that you that you find on other sites. So it's you know it's, it's a way to um, get good quality coverage and, and cheaper than Foxtel if you know Foxtel's an issue. Uh, Garbs nineteen eighty five has had a massive one. He said. Um, the only thing NRL viewers wanted was change and everything has stayed the same. Channel 9 still can't show games live. Pathetic decision. The ARLC did nothing to negotiate a better price. They just kept things the same but told 9 and Fox they wanted more cash. Ignoring pleas from fans for a more diverse coverage, allowing other channels to do what 9 has never done and show games live. That was the most eloquent thing that Garbs has ever said. That's exactly what I was about to say. And, um, well, we got here, we keep going. Uh... In underscore the underscore surf. One live NRL game per week on Channel 9 and the grand final at 7.30pm. What a fucking joke. Listen to the goddamn fans for once. Yep. And they have been, you know, like you say, no one... Well, I haven't heard anyone really advocating the fact that they love the 7.30 or, you know, after 7 o'clock time slot for the grand final. Um, you know, they've been talking for the last couple of years about standalone origin weekends, etc. Mm-hmm. None, of, none of this has happened. No. Nothing. Uh, Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. The salary cap should go up ASAP. Although it seems most of the converts like Lottie, Matt Rogers, and Sailor came back anyway. Let's keep going. Uh, what else have we got there? That's about it. Thank you everyone for your input. 
fairly fairly standard theme across all of those tweets. They were um, happy with the money. Yep. But you know, happy with the change and um, you know, and some of the a lot of the changes that people have been pulling for for the last several years uh, have sort of fallen on deaf ears, unfortunately. But um, yeah, let's like wait and see what comes of it. There may be more to be revealed regarding expansion and and a lot of the uh, digital usage, etc. Et so, yeah. um, you know, there may be even more positives to come out of it. I think people are mostly disappointed with uh, the fact that Channel Nine haven't changed. Yeah, their uh, their side of things at all, because um, Foxtel. I don't think anyone really, you know, apart from maybe the commentators and some of their sideline eyes. Mm. I think uh, people didn't really, you know, care too much. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't really have any real problems with Fox's coverage. Because no. let's face it, you know, ad free games in HD. Yeah, you know, and you can choose. You know, you can turn commentary off, and you know, I mean, you know, that sort of stuff is fantastic. Uh, it's just Channel Nine with these two delay, you know, two thirds of the games that they've got the rights to, they delay. It's been a big problem, and uh, nothing's changed, unfortunately. Moving right along, Laurie Daly has been appointed the New South Wales coach for the next two seasons. Um, there were interviews today with the New South Wales Rugby League board. Daly, Brad Fittler, Trent Barrett and Daniel Anderson. Daly was offered the job with Fittler and Barrett and uh, Barrett was an assistant to Ricky Stewart for the past two seasons, asked to work with him. Daly replaces Ricky Stewart, who will coach Parramatta Eels next season, of course. Uh, Daly has been the coach of the New South Wales Origin Team for the past two, country Origin Team for the past two years, and also taken charge of the NRL Indigenous All-Stars side. So he's been uh, coaching novelty teams. Yes. And now he's supposed to be a proper coach. Well, I just wonder. I wonder if they've, they've got him because... Laurie Daly gets origin. And if Laurie Daly gets origin, I'd like to put that on the very, very remarkably short list of things that Laurie Daly gets. Yeah. Because he doesn't get commentary. Nope. He doesn't get being articulate. He doesn't get player name pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he doesn't get sentences. Uh, he doesn't get intelligence. But does he get origin? He certainly doesn't outwardly display the passion for New South Wales that Ricky Stewart does, and I know they're two different personalities. Yeah. I just I wonder what the fixation is with ex-Canberra players apparently making great coaches. Yeah, because let me tell you, they haven't gone that great. Certainly not at state of origin level, with the no. exception, obviously, of Mal Meninga. But, Mal. But, um, you know, that was, you know... Ricky he, didn't win a series. Bellamy didn't win a series. Exactly. Exactly. I think They're all a, trying to emulate Mal. It's a disgraceful decision, and if New South Wales can somehow jag a win, he'll be in, he'll be called a hero, even though it'll probably be down to the work that Ricky Stewart did. Really. Well, they got awfully close this year, and they weren't far off the mark at all. Exactly, and though. They're only a couple of percentage points from, from, yeah, from winning the series. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, Parramatta's come in, and, and Parramatta's gain is New South Wales' loss, and... Jeez, if the I don't know that they've even tried to replicate. You know what? I don't. Play I'm Stuart not even going to read any tweets out about. Not even going to read tweets out about this story because let me tell you, universally Universally, yeah. well, universally applauded. North of the Tweed, mm. you know, in a joking manner. Universally panned south of Tweed. As simple as that. It's a very unpopular decision, probably because he hasn't really shown anything in the way of coaching. Um, you know, we don't have a lot to judge him on. To be fair, other than his media work, which has been you know, fairly ordinary. Fairly ordinary, some would say. Some would say pathetic. Yeah. I just wonder when, you know, I mean, there's some other luminaries in that 89 Canberra Raiders side. <laughs> Chica Ferguson. 
Yeah, what's Chica doing? Give him a go, coaching. Chris O'Sullivan. Yeah. Dean Lance. Yeah. I was going to say. Was Steve gonna Jackson. Steve Jackson's a Queenslander, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but... So, so he can't do it. Graham Lowe was a Kiwi. He coached Queensland. Yeah, but you know that's in Queensland. <laughs> Brad Thorne, you know, I mean, let's not go through that again. Queensland doesn't seem to have an issue <laughs> with because ringers. Nathan Queensland is everywhere. Queensland is everywhere, <laughs> and uh, less remains to be seen. And Laurie, Laurie Daly is going to be in a lot of pressure if his own fan base can't understand why he's been picked as coach. His own fan, it's not his fan base. Sorry, he doesn't have a fan base. What are you talking about? <laughs> You mean the fan base, well, the fan base of, the, of the state that he's about to uh, t- take over the coaching reins of? Um, can't understand why he's being picked. Yeah. He's he's got a, uh, a vast number of people to win over. I just it's a strange one for me. I don't really get it. Uh, but having said that, it wasn't exactly a a great list of candidates. I have to say, not given the fact you know the guys that they mentioned as candidates, uh, I don't think are particularly great. Um, so, but you know, I mean, there's the candidates there that'd be great to get on board, but they seem to have this fixation. You know, you can't have someone coaching a, a you know, an NRL side at the same time as blah blah blah. They're desperate to replicate what Queensland are doing, and they're they're, they're absolutely fixated that that is the way to do it. And maybe that's the way that maybe that's the way they're going to do it. They uh, but, appoint I mean, a head coach. Meninga came on. Look, I don't understand. The thing that Meninga brings is the fact that again he gets Origin. And Stewart got awfully close because he he buys into that origin concept and that 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 standard yeah. of football and what it means and the yeah. history of it, etc. If that was what you're trying to replicate, then Gus Gould should have got the job unopposed because yeah. he's the only one that comes close to Ricky Stewart as far as New South Wales are concerned. Yeah, but the, the, unless you're going to throw Steve Mortimer or but yeah, the, other, or the other thing, yeah, yeah, the other thing is, I mean, the real secret with Queensland is. Yeah, obviously the fact that you know they've just got that generation of the Australian team is their nucleus. But coaching wise, they've got a figurehead who you know dare I say probably isn't a very good coach. Then they've got like you know the support staff of uh, you know quality coaches like Henry and uh, and, sure. and uh, Michael Hagen underneath him. So maybe if they you know set up a situation where they had, had like a figurehead Laurie Daly, who's you know perhaps not a very good coach. And then put you know some Probably some structure under there like yeah you know, yes yeah well not a good figurehead either but um you know figurehead I mean certainly you know, figure nose you know well and truly yeah I mean he's part of a figurehead yeah a massive part it's like a walking nose yeah yeah and then put some quality coaches underneath you know that actually do the work who can who are actually coaching sides as well at the time you such know. as oh, Brian Smith Tubes you know, get oh. Tubes in there legendary coach get Hasler in as well yeah get him in there why not. I'm sure he'd get Origin, not as much as Tuvi. Has he to play Origin? I can't remember. Look, I'm, I'm, he might I'm, have got a run when he I'm, when he started with Wes. I'm inclined to I'm inclined to say no because I don't think he's up to that standard. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I'd like to. If I had the time and the energy, I would like to go back over some previous episodes of this very podcast prior to this season. Where and, and have a listen to some of the uh, some of the, the the diatribe. Look, people that ch- you use to describe Des Hasler's playing ability. Look, people change, times change, and you have people changed. Change. Des Hasler remains people, the same cocky pe- he was when he was at Manly. People grow. He hasn't changed you know, one little bit. He's he's, he's changed. It's all in your perception, Nathan. He's changed significantly. 
significantly, and uh, I'm just calling him out on that as as any you know sane person would. But anyway, Laurie Daly is going to coach New South Wales. LOL. Nine in a row. Brian McLennan, ousted from the Warriors. So, I mean, the Warriors have obviously been... It hasn't been a happy season for the Warriors, let's say that. Particularly the last three weeks when they've built a lead of, you know, varying sizes and gone on to lose the game. And um, inevitably, Brian McLennan was sacked. Um, the Warriors are on a six-match losing streak that has dropped them to 13th on the table. Uh, they suffered heavy defeats to Cronulla in North Queensland, and then they lost uh, 18 points to 16 to Penrith on Sunday, which is one of the things, like in the last minute, I think it was, or maybe the last two minutes that they lost that game. Um, he accepted... At home, I might add. Yes, that's right. Uh, um, the the uh, chief executive, Wayne Skara, said he accepted that winning in Townsville, uh, something the Warriors haven't done in a decade, is a hard task at the best of times, but the 52-12 to 12 defeat two rounds ago went beyond that. The nature of the loss and then what some people were touting as the wooden spoon battle this weekend and to lose that game at home, it really made where we are today totally inevitable. Uh, McLennan uh, succeeded Ivan Cleary. Uh, he was in the first of a two-year contract, having had success with the Kiwis and Super League Club Leeds, but after 14 defeats and just eight wins he hands over to assistant coach Tony Iroh who will take charge for the Warriors last two matches Uh, they're hoping a permanent appointment will be made at least a month before pre-season training starts in November Uh, they reached a decision about what they thought was best for the club um and contacted McLennan on Monday night, uh, quoting, uh, Brian, you were short on confidence and we needed to make some changes. We explained our position and we easily reached mutual agreement. There certainly was no throwing out of the toys. Uh, So, yeah. There's talk there that they want to sign Stephen Carney. Fucking, fucking hilarious. Hilarious. And I'll just go, I've got that Is that down. trading up? Is that trading down? Well, Is down the bottom here, it says sideways? that um, <laughs> the announcement of the departure comes a day after he was still planning for next season with talk of Parramatta coach, the former Parramatta coach, being added to the coaching staff. Um, McLennan said he was part of the proposal to bring him in as a second assistant working as defence coordinator had he stayed on as head coach. Wow. Defence coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People really get carried away with people influenced by the Melbourne Storm. Because mm-hmm. now West they're talking about... $550,000 on that myth. And David Kidwell's a name that's been thrown out there. Who's like coaching lower grades at the moment with the Storm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Storm were, you know, projecting some sort of frequency out there, like some sort of mass hypnotism. People just forget that they were dealing with, you know, they, they were, it was very easy to coach a side or assistant coach a side when you... um. You're paying them two, three contracts each, and uh, you, your team is $2 million over the cap. Having said that, this season they are progressing quite well. They did fantastically well last season when they weren't a couple of million dollars over the cap. But having said that, people that have left the storm and have gone on to coach elsewhere, Stephen Kearney, uh, well, Michael Maguire, he's is, gone okay. is, he went okay he, in he's England, been, he's come he's back, he's gone great. okay. Um, but it seems like anyone that comes out of the storm is automatically regarded as a master coach as a fantastic coach and I, I don't see that you've got to put the hard yards in the NRL and prove yourself that's right Steve Kearney's done none of that nope um, and the fact that Parramatta have gone so well since he's departed and Parramatta you know you know when you look at Parramatta sometimes you see the style of play they play like yeah who does that remind you of a lot of the fucking Warriors you know, it's a lot of that offload, second-phase play, and with a halfback that's sort of a bit ad-lib, yeah. ex-touch footy player, yeah. steps you know, steps around people, gets a bit of that uh, you know, fast-break sort of play going. Yeah. 
To be yeah. fair, he's a, to be fair, he's a couple of dozen pies north of a uh, Sean Johnson. <laughs> he certainly is, but you can't deny that Sandow's been killing it since Kearney left. Yeah, yeah. And how much is he going to stifle the, the career of St- Sean Johnson? Trying to put you know that that sort of structure in place. They got there? enough. They got enough problems losing Maloney as well. Yeah, I'd say. So. I don't know. I reckon give Tony Iroh a go. Yeah, why not? We'll see how he goes. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to judge two, two, two games. games, especially when you know teams tend to bounce back following the the loss of a coach, especially if the players weren't really putting in for the coach. You know, they weren't happy or whatever. And the Warriors at times uh, on the weekend, they certainly looked like that side. I mean, they got up to a lead and then they just... You know, tough tough season away. for the Warriors after promising so much. Certainly looks, despite his performance at Penrith, certainly makes Ivan Cleary look like a fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and then and look at the way they've gone. Admittedly, yeah. their personnel is significantly less talented than uh, what the Warriors but have put on the field. This too. is the side that Ivan Cleary took to a grand final, and you know there's a lot to be said about the momentum that they carried into that final series. But having said that, yeah, he still got them there. That's right. Um, and Brian McLennan inherited pretty much that same side, uh, and has taken them to 14 defeats. So yeah, you know, it, is it any wonder they showed him the door? Exactly. Okay, next, Ben Hornby has announced his retirement, completely overshadowed by everything else that happened uh, today, being such a crazy news day. But uh, he's uh, announced that uh, he has had enough and would not return for the final year of his contract. Um, No limelight, no fanfare. Uh, he had a contract for 2013 in his keeping. Uh, he, the, the the way they're painting it is that you know it would have been easy. He could have taken the easy road and just you know done another year, taken his paycheck. But he said that uh, I've given all I can give mentally. I just couldn't push myself through another preseason. I've been thinking about it for a fair while, and I didn't really find too many reasons why I should need to play on at this stage. Uh, contributing to that mental toll has been a forgettable season with the Dragons, uh, with their loss to North Queensland this week confirming they'll miss the finals for the first time since 2007. Uh, it's obviously a very difficult season we've had this year for everyone, and it's certainly taken its toll. When you're the captain and the halfback, you've got a little bit more responsibility than most. The losses had an effect on me uh, mentally. I'm a little bit worn out. So um, there's been speculation over his uh, over his career. I mean, you've heard uh, Mitchell Pearce to to the Dragons that rumour, mm. and they tried to lure Cooper Cronk to the club earlier this year. Uh, I guess now. The um, well, it seems that Hornby and the coach Steve Price want to anoint Kyle Stanley as the heir apparent to form a halves combination with Jamie Soward. But well, Soward's more of a halfback than Kyle Stanley is. Yeah, but then you start hearing, you know, this, you know, the Mitchell Pierce rumor keeps coming as well, and you know, he's well, Mitchell Pierce is going to the Tigers. Well, he's, and he's going to resurrect the, the great Pierce name at the Tigers. I mean, and and, I, like, and, no and obviously, you know. You know, so what Benji and Benji's going to shift to fullback because they've got no one in fullback. And well, Benji's, Benji's going to play five eight, which is by far his preferred and and more natural position. I would have thought that the Tigers. I would have thought the Tigers dynasty over approximately. You know, he'll probably sign a seven year deal. If they're res- if they're resurrecting the Pierce name and the Tigers, they probably just want to continue with resurrecting the Syrian name and maybe have those two of the halves. And Benji could maybe be like a substitute, like a Daniel Fitzhenry role, perhaps. How fucking dare you! <laughs> How fucking dare you? Well, maybe anyway, fullbacks. Let's face it, you've been fucking useless there for five years. No surprise that uh, <laughs> that at Ben Hornby's press conference to announce his retirement, they served up vanilla cake washed down with vanilla milkshakes, and he walked out to vanilla ice. Yeah, I didn't even know if it was as good as vanilla. I reckon it would be just cold plain milk. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's really sad after a longer distinguished career that. You know, guys like Dean Young and Ben Hornby have, have had to lead a player exodus out of the club because they can't stand playing with Jamie Soward anymore. Yeah. Or Ben Cray, for that matter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Um, next, we have some injury news, and unfortunately... Should we say something nice about Ben Hornby? Because we, we quite... You know, I mean, yeah, you know... He seems like he, he seems like a gentleman. He seems like a really a really nice guy, like a real good guy. Um, but I just I never found him to be, you know, yeah, especially inspiring as a player. Uh, I Dragon, actually have always thought he was a better fullback than he was halfback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I'd be inclined to... <laughs> he played to origin at fullback. And much like, much like Dean Young, I think he's someone that's going to, you know, have a massive place in the hearts of Dragon fans. Yeah. Uh, who obviously take, you know, probably take more interest in him and, you know... And obviously, you know, more sort of sentimentally attached to him. But I think for fans of other clubs, I think no one, certainly no one would have a bad word to say about him, you know, as a guy and everything. He certainly, he's never been amongst any shit, you know, no. the scandalous. Or he's always been a great, uh, great ambassador for yeah, the game. Yeah, good sportsman, but, for sure. You know, I just, you know, I just don't think he's, a, you know, he's not the most spectacularly exciting player that I've ever seen. No, hardly so, uh, regarded as an excitement machine. That's to say sure. the least. Okay, next injury news and unfortunately it's not good news for Manly and uh, for poor old Wolfman for the second consecutive year he suffered a season ending injury around this same time of the season which will see him miss the finals Uh, almost a year to the day since he was stretched from Brookie with a broken neck his season was cut short again on Sunday when he hobbled off with a knee injury Uh, turns out he has uh, done his ACL and uh, he's gone for six months I believe the official uh, time is um, definitely not going to play again this season. Obviously, half of next season as well. By the time you know he gets his lateral movement and everything back, you know, with his knee, uh, he's got other injuries. Uh, you know, potential injuries to Jason King, Matt Ballin, and uh, Jamie Bura. Bura will play provided he passes a cognitive test. Um, he's expected to be cleared for that. Which he wouldn't have passed prior to being knocked out anyway. I don't know how, but fucking maybe he's least he's dosed up on alpha brain post concussion. Tell you, I'm going to tell him you said that. You can tell him whatever the fuck you want. He won't remember it. Is that head knock? He'll fucking snap kick you in the fucking face. <laughs> Good luck. You'll <laughs> fall over from the head spins. Uh, where are we? Um, Matt Ballin has an Achilles injury and he's in doubt for this week's clash. Although I'm hearing he could be back next week. And uh, I actually heard today via the club that he may still play this week. But, you know, kind of suspect of that sort of thing as well because, you know, Tuvi's, he's, he's named players for weeks and weeks, you know, with Brett Stewart and, and Wolfman uh, yeah. as well. Like, you know, he'd, he'd name them every week and just, you know, it, it's really going to be significant what the extended bench looks like because then you'll know which players are kind of in doubt. Uh, Vare will slot in, obviously, for Wolfman. Um, King, Jason King, he's uh, he's had a shoulder problem. Uh, I think that he's he'll be okay to play this week, but I think he's gonna they're gonna rest him because uh, you'll have Darcy Lussett coming back from suspension, so they kind of slot him in and you know for this week anyway until he gets suspended again. Until he gets suspended again, yeah. Um, now choose to be suspended for life or something for Parramatta. We spoke about uh, your mate Robbie Farrar. Um, he hasn't given up hope of playing this year, despite Thank the you. fact he fractured despite his hand. You telling me that he was out, he was gone for the season. Well, we just disagree. On the definition of for the season means for you for the season six weeks for me it's probably two for you yeah that's what that's we're just disagreeing on that like, Robbie definitely won't play this week uh, touch and go the next week if we win this week and other results go our way and we don't need to beat Melbourne by forty points to to make it into the eight you're gonna um, you can't you can't be you cannot afford to rest anybody at any stage. You I must then win imagine, both games. If you'd let me finish, Nathan, I really hate it when you do this. I'm trying to make a, a logical, informed statement. You're uh, trying to talk up your team that's barely going to scrape into the finals, if at all. That's so he'll doing. probably rest the Melbourne game because there'll be no need for him to play, and Benji will probably take care of business on his own. Um, then he'll kneel up for the final series and, and lead the Tigers to premiership glory like the champion warrior that he is. You know what the ideal scenario would be? What's the ideal scenario, Nathan? 
Cowboys lose to whoever they're playing this week, right? Which they probably will, yes. Titans beat whoever they're playing. Right. You guys, you can win this week. Comes down to the next week where you've got to beat the Storm... And then the Cowboys, they're out of contention for the, uh, the for the top four. So they manly can then tank their game against the Titans and the Titans come in and slide over top of you guys, put you out. Because let's face it, we've been dragging you fuckers into the finals for weeks now. And you, you, you've been talking <laughs> down, you've been talking down the, the Tigers' uh, finals prospects. And I have to say it's that... It's fun to do. Any top eight that contains Cronulla and North Queensland, that's a top eight I, I like the Tigers' chances in. Oh, you'll probably win the Tard Cup. We own Cup. both of those clubs you'll win and it. their kids. You'll win the Tard Cup. I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, you'll yeah. do a fine job down the bottom of the table with, you know, winning the, you know, the postseason Tard Cup. Anyway, that'll get us into, what, week three of the finals if those two clubs are lucky <laughs> to, you know, if they're not spared the wrath of the undefeated Astros premiers. I, I, say, I say you'll be you, you, um, you'll probably be yeah. one and done, but, you know, more likely, you know, I'll give you some credit and say two and out. How about that? Oh, you can, you, you know, you're not exactly uh, the source that I'm looking to confirm the credentials <laughs> of my club. But uh, look, Robbie Farrar, uh, he's critical to our chances, as Matt Ballin is to Manly. Um, if he's out for any extended period of time, let's hope that it, any Achilles ir- injury is is always touch and go. So let's hope that he, he doesn't risk him, they don't risk him, because if, if there's any sort of doubt about whether that thing's holding on or not, yeah. You don't want to sort of run him out there and have it go twang in the first Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy for him to rest, Ballon. Uh, you know, and, I mean, we're getting to the games in the weekend, you know, when we get to them. But, um, you know, Bureau was fantastic uh, uh, at Dummy Half. Yeah, we game, can get so. to that. Let's move on. Uh, no, first thing we've got to do, the Storm. They are expected to be out without Matt Duffy for the rest of the year. He had a dislocated shoulder. He made a return for the feeder club in the New South Wales Cup on the weekend um, and it injured himself. Uh, he didn't come through as good as they'd hoped, so... He may have re-injured it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so bad luck uh, for him. And where are we? Suspension news. Anthony Minicello, big story of the weekend as far as uh, suspensions are concerned. He's going to face the judiciary on Wednesday night. And um, it's kind of revolves around the fact that it's his 250th game. <laughs> Yeah. Coming up this week, if he plays, but he's been hit with a grade three striking charge for his high shot on Dugan, um, which got him sent off with five minutes to go on Saturday's game. So an early plea is two weeks, a gu- uh, an early guilty plea. If he fights it and loses, it's three weeks. So he's going to fight it because uh, if he gets three weeks, yeah, two weeks covers this season, and the third game is only going to cover a meaningless trial game anyway. So you know, yeah. there's really no disincentive, you know, there to there's no incentive there to you know take the plea really. I just don't think he's got a fucking chance. No. Of, of beating it. Um, he looked, looked the way bad. Dugan finished up. Yeah, and just the fact that, you know, he jumped up and, you know, twice. It, yeah, twice. <laughs> got him on the, you know, missed him the first time, got him, you know, fully the second time. So, yeah, and uh, Daniel Vito, he takes, uh, if he gets an early guilty plea, he won't be uh, missing any action at all after his little uh, all in brawl that he sparked uh, g- during the game against the Cowboys. For uh, Tamowing Tamow. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Brian Norrie, uh, he had a, a dangerous contact, grade one dangerous contact. He takes the early guilty plea and he'll miss no football either. Recaps. First game... 
The Canterbury Bulldogs 23 defeated the West Tigers 22 in front of a crowd of just over 29,000 people at ANZ Stadium. Good crowd. And the points came as follows. The Doggies, they had tries to Aidan Tolman, Ben Barber, Jonathan Wright, Josh Reynolds, Kristen Inu grabbed himself a field goal in addition to three out of four conversions. The West Tigers, their 22 points came from tries to Benji Marshall, Aaron Woods and a double to America, Koya Betakiri. <laughs> and uh, field goals, well, I mean, you know, let's talk about missed field goals. Two each for Benji and Robbie. And uh, Benji was three or four also on the conversions. What say you? Oh, look, we spoke about it last week. We were, you know, we're goddamn prophets, as we've said before. Um, <laughs> about Chris Ninunu uh, killing the Tigers. Uh, well, you, you would say killing their, their chances for the season. I would say, you know... You can't stop it. You can't just, stop him uh, killing you know, the Tigers. Providing a small roadblock on their march to premiership glory. But um, a big story out of this game was the couple of contentious calls, um, both going against the Tigers. The first um, was the the obstruction. Yep. Or not obstruction, depending yep. on which way you look at it. Well, you know, if it was Queensland jerseys on in that game, then I'd say, you know, it was a try all day. But the fact that it was not a state of origin and not Queensland scoring it, I'd, me, like everyone else in the world, was mystified that try was given. And then Harrigan since come out and said, no, that was actually not a try. Sure. Um, which is disappointing to hear. And I have to say, I don't normally subscribe to to the theory of blaming the refs. Um, Robbie Farrow also had a try disallowed when he dived over. Um, it seemed to me to have grounded the ball. Yep. I thought they were both really harsh calls. But the real story in this game was Chris Ninu killing us again. Um, you know, we remember last season he was playing for the Warriors and they knocked us out in the last 30 seconds to kill our season. He's developing a bit of a habit for it. I don't know what the Tigers ever did to him. Maybe because he grew up in Minto and the Tigers never signed him. Maybe the Tigers, the, the Tigers' uh, number one fan... Glenn, constantly calling him Captain Snooze and shit. Maybe that got under his skin. Do you well, think I suspect that? He's, he's, he has to be a listener of the show. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the the world's population is a very small percentage of people amongst uh, our global community, Nathan, that don't actually listen to this show. And yep. I find it hard to believe that a forward-thinking, uh, logical man such as Chris Nunu wouldn't <laughs> listen to this show. Haven't you changed your tune? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to turn it, I'm trying to turn things around. Um, I suspect he, he, you know, it it seems like he's developing a bit of a habit of waking up, rubbing his eyes, getting up, brushing his teeth and looking in the mirror and saying, time to kill the tigers off. I I don't think we should start calling him Groundhog Day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, certainly when he, uh, when he, when he uh, plays for, uh, against the tigers, maybe that should be his, like, you know, his nickname of the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, proud of, I, was, I was proud of the Tigers' efforts. Not many people gave them a chance in this game, and they certainly stood up and, and they were counted. But those people were also right, because they did go on to lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, saying they didn't stand a chance and, and then going down you know, with 50 seconds to play in Golden Point, you know, clearly they did have a chance in this game, and they, they weren't able to capitalise on those opportunities, some missed field goals, um, and some crucial errors during the game that... You know, probably could have uh, delivered victory. Um, you know, right when they had themselves in the game. Yeah, they just got themselves back into the game, and and Molson drops a kickoff. He he has made those sorts of errors at various points this season. He has been down on confidence. We, it was only a week after he got a hat trick, and thought he might have turned the corner. Seriously, but he's like the white man of Vatavai. 
Yeah, it is also a third of the size, so he doesn't really bring the the, the speed and the hit ups and the, the, the gr- meter making ability that that Vatavai does bring to the table. But um, yeah, I was very proud of them. Um, they've they have all the excuses in the world, and and to to turn it up now and and not strive for the finals with Robbie being out. He's our uh, inspirational captain, but. Do the Tigers have the mental toughness to grind out the next couple of weeks and, and then hopefully get Robbie back in the finals? I, I certainly I, think they do, Nathan, but I, I, I imagine I, they've I, got a fair few detractors. I don't know if they do, only because if you look at their past history this season in games where they haven't had Robbie yep. and stuff, there, there's been games where they've just dropped their bundle and played like absolute fucking donkeys. Look, the last time we played the Roosters was uh, the game where Robbie's mother unfortunately passed away uh, just prior to kickoff. Um, yeah. And the Tigers' heads weren't in the game there, and we got rolled uh, yeah. in a game that we really should have won. And you know, here we are again. Our backs are against the wall. No Robbie Farrer, and and we're expected to turn up and and hopefully beat the Roosters to keep our season alive. So uh, it's a big ask for them. But um, yeah, I've got to give credit to the Dogs. They they took control of the game early. They scored a couple of absolutely amazing tries. Um, and Ben Barber got him at a couple of points. Um, yep. He, you know, they didn't come up in a straight line on one kick chase and he carved them up and they scored a try down the other end of the field without anyone laying the hand on them. Yep. Um, Tigers having to play catch-up for, for the vast majority of the night, you know, after, you know, first 15, 20 minutes, they were down 10, 12 nil. Yep. And, and they were forced to play catch-up from there on in. And with the Tigers... Them playing catch-up footy, sometimes it can be spectacular and they can, you know, double the opposition score in, in a pretty quick-fire amount of time. But yep. other times they, they get a, an air of desperation about them and start chucking around willy-nilly. Um, they probably they made their share of errors in trying to come back, but having said that, they did put on some pretty good pressure plays to, to get back into the game and, and ultimately went down by a point um, to our arch-nemesis. So... I was happy with the way they went. I, I don't think it's it's sort of panic stations. It would have been nice to get the win over the Bulldogs heading into the finals, but it wasn't to be. Um, and and they put a really good performance together, and it was a cracking game of footy. And you were fucked out by the referees. No doubt about it. Yeah, ultimately, I guess it's easy to say that. Um, I, I think when you, you hark back to round one... This is one when, of those indisputable, yeah, indisputable yeah. cases, though, where there's yeah, just, there is no... Yeah, you look at round one, and, and we had one go our way, it, you know, in, in similar sort of circumstances, and at that time it was Cronulla and their fans, you know, bleating about being hard done by. So this is what I mean when I say over the course of a season, things tend to even themselves out, and, and you can't sort of get too hostile when things don't go your way and then, you know, celebrate like your team's a bunch of skillful geniuses when you do get the benefit of, of some questionable refereeing decisions. But, um, you know, in this day and age, in professional sport, you shouldn't have to just, you know, hope and pray that a referee has, has a competent game. Especially when they've got all the facilities in the world for, yeah, like, looking I, at... I can... I, I find it even harder to criticise the guys on the field as far as the, the referees... They do have a really tough job, and there's things. A decision made on the spot without any advice coming in through the earpiece or whatever, that's different, you know. But when a guy's got unlimited time, you can look at something on on a television replay, you know, twenty to thirty times, and thirty thousand people can look at it on a big screen, multiple angles, and and multiple angles, and look at it on a big screen and go, "Well, that's not a try." And then all of a sudden, as Jackson would say, up on the big screen, try. it's a little tough to take. Uh, it would have, you know, really 
kicked us on for the rest of the the season and, and could have built on that momentum, but you know it wasn't to be. And and now we've we've got to regroup and and win a tough game this week. Well, an easy game this week. Um, and what you were saying about uh, you know you had you know it all evens out the you know I, I don't think it necessarily evens out for everybody, but uh, what you were saying about people firing up you know uh, and you know not saying anything when a decision goes their way. First tweet, Stuart Marler said, uh, Dez's comments on Friday night were arrogant. He can blame refs for losing games, but he can't admit to refs helping him win. Well, he, he, his classy play on that on that game should have been to just keep his fucking mouth shut. Mm-hmm. To say, look at the rule book, my friend. They got it right. Yeah, bullshit. It's, it's a fucking retarded statement. Exactly. And, you know... It just confirms everything I've said about the guy. It, it doesn't really. What it does, it confirms everything I've said about the guy because I said he was a cockhead all along, and it's proven. <laughs> he's proven it time and time again when he was at Manly, and he's proven it time and time again when he's, since he's been at the Bulldogs. Um, to say stupid, stupid things like that, and I don't know what he's hoping to achieve. Um, and then you know, no doubt next week he'll come out and, and risk another ten thousand dollar fine. Just keep your mouth shut. Well, what he's what he's risked, what he's risking is the fact that now the uh, referees have had a two and a half hour seminar with Bill Harrigan to go over the fine points of the obstruction rule, and uh, in, in it's uh, introduced seven indicators to look at when judging whether there's been an obstruction or not, and you know whether it should be awarded a try. Mm. And unfortunately for him, that pet play with Barber running around behind uh, decoy runners. He's going to get penalised just about every single fucking time if he's not careful. And they're going to basically take that play out of the doggies' playbook. And given it's a play that they've scored 13 tries off or something like that, yeah. it's going to literally change the, the fortunes of the, you know, the, the attacking potency of their team sure. from set plays you know, close to you know, 20 metres out from the line. It's a fact. Okay, now uh, a big underscore red underscore Mitchell, a.k.a. Keefe. Keefe Galloway that we met at the grand final. Yes, uh, Canberra fan. Adam Blair equals the biggest liability in the NRL. Hash Gronk, hash overrated. Jeez, he's taken the Twitter well. We've got uh, Influenza. This is a new tweeter, I think. Said, uh, Marika is hot like paprika. Really? Yeah. Jesus. There you go. Chambo33, just when the Tigers look to be on the incline, Maltzen shows what he had to offer the Dragons. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash uh-huh. bitch can't catch. The Riff Man. Mr. Bean needs to be dropped permanently. What a disgrace. Rugby league, rugby league in decline whenever that prick is in the box. And he actually did get dropped too. Yes. Sean Hampstead, so fantastic. Uh, Scotty Eel. There's no such thing as a shepherd now unless the Warriors bring their sheep out on the field with them. Hash shepherds in decline. And um, Tiger Benji came and said, I don't whinge like Manly fans do. But fuck, we deserved something out of that game. Mm. So he doesn't whinge like Manly fans do, but fuck, I'm going to whinge like Manly fans do. <laughs> but I agree with him 100%. Uh, Troy underscore 79. You know the refs are having a shocker when one of them says, watch out for the short kickoff after the winning field goal is yeah, kicked. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that, that's you bring just up. absolutely shocking. Pure that- hilarity. One of the best moments of the year for me. When the <laughs> dickhead is telling the refs through the earpieces to watch the short kickoff. And then the players are like, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. yeah, Fucking dumbass. This golden point, the game's over. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that the players, you know, players aren't the most alert bunch. They play footy. Yeah. And they do it well. Yeah. But, you know, let's not have to rely on them for logic. Yeah. And giving people lectures as to, you know, the, the rules, the intricacies yeah. of... Uh, Rugby league timekeeping. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. If they can't get that right, if they can't get the fact 
that it's called Golden Point for a reason, and the game ends when your point, which is golden, is kicked. Um, then what fucking hope is there? <laughs> none, none. I mean, it's just another exclamation mark on how fucked the referees have been this year. Yes. Anyway, the other Friday night game, the Melbourne Storm 19 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 18. Crowd of about 41,500 people there up at uh, Suncorp Stadium. Massive and crowd. The points scored were Melbourne's 19 came from a double to Sisawanga and Cooper Cronk got one as well. Cooper Cronk grabbed himself a field goal, a conversion, and Cameron Smith with uh, two conversions as well. And the Broncos, they had tries to Justin Hodges and Ben Teo, and Peter Wallace was three of three on the goals. Justin Hodges played a bit of a lone hand uh, in, in this game, certainly in the back line. Um, and Ben Teo was probably um, by far their most influential forward out there uh, for the Broncos. And I think the Broncos displayed. They ran out to an early lead uh, and Melbourne clawed their way back with a, a bit of a suspect try on, on half-time. And just on a side note, isn't it a shame that two games um, on Friday night in, at this stage of the season when we're heading into the finals... Between teams that both are had questionable video refereeing decisions made. Yeah. And... You know, we just we've been saying it all year. Every week, there's something, and you know, it's, as I said, it's easy to easy to blame the refs and, and hate on them. And I do probably think that sometimes people probably do get super nitpicky. But fuck, video refs. Once again, getting it wrong. I just don't, I don't understand that. I can understand the guy that's under pressure and he's got to make a call on the spot and he makes a wrong decision. Those I can live with. But when a guy has all the, you know, multi-million dollar technology at his disposal, at his fingertips, and he can still fuck it up monumentally, it's the future, it just doesn't make it. It's the future. There's a guy in a fucking Segway driving around with a camera. <laughs> it's like we're living in the future, but they still can't get it right. Exactly right. Um... Look, it's tough to crack the big three for Melbourne, and and they, you know, each performed fairly sol- solidly in this game. Although Slater, he had a couple of errors and and gave away a couple of penalties, which you know, which he's got in his game. He does, but there are definitely chinks in Melbourne's armour, and I think Brisbane certainly uh, exploited one of them. And that's Gareth Widdop's defence. Uh, Tia strolled over. Uh, for both of his tries. Yep. Um, and I've never really taken a lot of notice as to whether he's a great defender, but geez, he was shown up quite badly on a couple yeah. of occasions in this game. Um, I mean, Tio does have that. He does have that. Uh, and Alex Glenn as well. Uh, you know, they, they do have that kind of uh, fat touching line about him too, where they'll, they'll pick out the small guy, which is, you know, tactically, you know, sound. Yeah, I mean, having yeah. said that, they have played a lot of football this season in the centres. Yeah. Um, just on Tio, he's provided a lot of starch for Brisbane in both attack and defence, more so uh, when he's been in the back row. Um, and as I said, he's playing in the centres as well and, and performed fairly well. But when he's playing in the back row, he's, he's long, hole running. Yeah. And and a lot of his defence, you can just see the effect that it has on the players around him. I just wonder, with him going to South next season, who replaces him? In the side, and who brings that to the table? Their yeah. recruitment is fairly non-existent for next season. None of the, none of their guys that they've kind of blooded this season can uh, fill the same role. Certainly not. No, and um, you know, the, Alex Glenn's got—he's a tireless worker as it is. I don't know that yeah. he can be expected to pull, pick up that much of the slack. He's a different style of play. Probably tends to beat people more with footwork, but um, 
yeah, I'm just interested to see who replaces Teo in the starting lineup next year when he's down there at South trying to carve up. Trying to say trying to carve up. <laughs> okay, let's see what we've got on Twitter. DJ, explain. That hash purple pride hashtag is super gay. They should use hash 40 nil. <laughs> Trolls be trolling. B15542 said, uh, <laughs> our, our Tourette's suffering uh, listener, of course. Ray Hadley, you, sir, are the Dennis committee of the NRL. Fuck off, cunt. Hash lyrical sex pest. Jesus. Yeah, harsh. Then we've got a new guy here who, um, Josh Erbacher, and his uh, Twitter handle is at Erebus Chaos. Jesus. E R E B U S Chaos. It sounds super intelligent. It does. Uh, yet again, the Bronx get screwed, but the stupid cunts in pink hash regain decline. Nice. So it's a listener there. It's just on down low, though, and he's come out and decided to tweet. Uh, Rugby League Gronk at RL Gronk. Brisbane and Melbourne will do nothing but make up the numbers in the finals. Both are one dimensional. And, Jesus. And, you know, on, on that, I mean, I actually agree based on that game, but I don't think that's actually the real case. But I think that, you know, if all you did was take into account that game, I'll be, I'll be inclined to agree. Uh, Nudju, congratulations, Melbourne. You've beaten the Panthers, Titans, and Broncos in successive weeks. That's not skill, it's scheduling. <laughs> funny uh nqc 81 brisbane have now lost five in a row seven of their last nine ten of their last 14 time for a new hashtag hash broncos in decline yeah they're in a, in a hell of a slump uh at the moment and and apart i think from a lot of what we said last week with the chopping and changing of the side in the halves and with hoffman playing on the wing a lot of it was vindicated yeah i think um sister wangas well, at least one of his tries um came from the fact that hoffman isn't really an experienced winger yeah. and is much better suited to fullback. He was caught shockingly out of position for that mm. try too. Yeah. Uh, and we've got a Broncos fan chime in. Uh, C Leeds, 24. Peter Wallace is Matt Orford, 2.0. Wow. Discuss. It's fucking harsh. I mean, I'm a Manly fan. I'm sorry. I mean, like, you know, I love... That's what, harsh on Peter Wallace. I love what Oxy did in 2008, but I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it that in 2009 and going forward in England and he's, you know prematurely aborted career come back in Canberra he was fucking terrible yeah agreed um, but you know Peter Walsh is probably about as creative as that and that's that's the real problem for the Broncos this year they did get by like on the youth and enthusiasm and all that stuff at the start of the year I think they put together maybe five wins in a row is probably the best they did and then yep. maybe there was like a, a couple of twos and threes but the steam's run out of that. Some injuries have kind of, you know, beaten them around a little bit as well, but certainly no worse than, you know, uh, any other team. Especially when you look at guys like, uh, you know, Penrith, they've had the, you know, their whole list decimated pretty much. Exactly. Um, but the real thing is that their creativity, I mean, uh, you know, you had Corey Norman doing some footwork stuff and making breaks and, you know... That's another thing with Corey Norman. Yep. That motherfucker's a vortex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does not pass the ball. No, no. But I mean, there was a time there in the middle of the season where that was he was you know dumbing and footwork and stepping and actually scoring a lot yeah. of tries. Wow, what a surprise! In the absolute pinnacle of the sport, people actually look at tape of players and work out how to defend them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a fucking surprise, Corey Norman! And Learn to pass a fucking ball. It's the most frustrating thing I can watch live. Yeah, seeing him go. You know what I'm going to do just for a change? Going to dummy step off my left foot. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. And the problem with the Broncos that they're finding is they've got basically two ways of scoring tries at the moment because uh, they, they totally lack creativity. So they have the the they're short, they're close to the line. So they'll send a guy like you know like a Glenn or a Tio you know, yep. at, a, at a small player from ten meters out, or maybe even just fucking just try and send a prop like Hannon straight through the middle. Sure. Failing that for five tackles, then Peter Wallace puts it up to the corner, but he doesn't have Yaddy there anymore. 
So that becomes no. infinitely less effective, you know, in the absence of Ye, because he's the dude that would, you know, jump above the rest of them and get the try and do the spectacular thing. Yes, that's right. He's not there. That method doesn't work. And that's pretty much how they score their points. Let's move on. Canberra Raiders 24 defeated Sydney Roosters 20 in front of a crowd of 8,860 down in cold-ass Canberra Stadium, but that's no excuse, especially when their team's going all right at the moment. Canberra Raiders, their tries, they had 24 points, and it came from tries to Reese Robinson, Joel Thompson, Blake Ferguson, Josh Papali, uh, Jared Croker, two of four on the goals. Uh, The penalty shots... Oh, sorry, penalty shots. Jared Croker got two of those as well. The Roosters, they had 20 points, and their tries came from two dads, Sean Kenny Dow, Frank Paul, the tennis ball, Jack Bosden, and Tauntaun Moga. Brayton Astor, two out of four. Yeah, another impressive display from Josh McCrone. Um, he's still holding the keys to the finals for the Raiders, which is shaky ground indeed, but so far, so good. Last couple of weeks, he, he's led him around well. It's hilarious to think that Canberra even have a fucking chance of making the finals. I oh, know. They were absolutely di- abysmal yeah. at at some points this season. Um, and not all that long ago. I'm pretty see. sure they'd written themselves off as being a finals chance, yeah. you know, a couple of months ago or something. Sure. Until like um, the Shandor Earl, you know, bulletproof game plan. Oh, exactly right. I mean, the, the, man, the man's a winner. Yeah. It's, it's what I've always said about Shandor. Um, I've said the man's a winner. And I've said the man doesn't spell his name correctly. Yeah. That's two things I've always said. Um, the Roosters are lacking guidance, uh, which is funny to say with, with experienced guys like Minicello and Anastra in the team. But um, I think from a coaching perspective, they, they need someone that can mould all the raw talent they've got in the squad into some consistency. Um, you look at some of those young guys like Moga Munga Munga, or whatever his name is, um, <laughs> It's been pretty. It gets pronounced differently every week, um, and guys like Cordner and and Frank Paul, those, yeah. all those sort of, they're just they're there or thereabouts, but they just need someone to push them over that final little step to make them, yeah. um, you know, quality, consistently performing first graders. And a sober, I think, a sober Todd Carney, he'd be ideal, wouldn't he? He certainly would. You think that if they had a sober Todd Carney in their lineup, they could probably take him to the grand final? I, I suspect you're probably right, Nathan, but. Unfortunately, they don't have him, and the coach that they've got there at the moment, I just think, is is a little dated as far as the Roosters' um, playing squad at the moment. Um, I, I can see that he's trying his best because they, you can see that the Roosters do have the odd performance that they put together, and I certainly hope there's not another one coming this week, but... Um, you, they put performances or pieces of play together in patches in games to show what they're capable of. Yep. It's just It just doesn't happen for 80 minutes. I would agree. And um, um, Did you notice in one point where the commentators mistook Frank Paul Newell-Sala for Boyd Gordner? No. Frank Paul Newell-Sala is approximately 125 kilo of Polynesian descent. Yeah. Um, Boyd Gordner. Looks uh, quite 15 a tall, years old. Quite, quite a tall gentleman. Yeah. Um, but looks like a marin- malnourished 12-year-old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are they even watching the same fucking game? Oh, this, this Between happens. commentators and video refs. Imagine yeah. if commentators and video refs had, you know, a big conference together. I don't know what the process for, you know, doing commentary is, but the way that I would imagine it to be with someone like Rabs would be he'd have the team list in front of him and you'd go through it a few times and familiarise yourself with who's wearing what, what number. I would imagine they'd probably get a bit of a debrief. I, um, one of my uh, best friends, her, um, her, one of her in turn, uh, other best friends is, uh, 
she does a lot of commentary and is, has an ESPN gig okay. for uh, soccer. Okay. And she's actually moved across to England. She's doing a lot of commentary over there. The amount of, and admittedly, I'm not comparing ESPN to Channel 9 no. or, or Foxtel for that matter, but the amount of stuff that they get to work with during commentary yeah. that they have at their fingertips and they'd have like you know like like Middleton for example you know like yeah. in your ear like in say ear. that was his you know he's two tries away from his 600th fucking I'm sure point or something yeah. I'm sure it's on a much smaller scale but she did the the Women's Football World Cup and she was getting like stat sheets on individual players and saying okay this is what she does in her spare time yeah. this is what her family does her brother's this her mum's so you can just that. feel like you just you know whenever so you, you sound like a fucking genius that girl when scores a goal and you, you can just feel on you her go, well I mean story. clearly she learnt that from her brother who was a meth addict since turned himself around now works at Walmart Whatever. Well, of course, of course, you know, and and you know, Dale husband in New Zealand, obviously, he gets similar, you know, he well, gets similar sheets. You he, know. he gets you know one line on each player. Where they went to school, where they went to school, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, which is surprising, you know. Commentates Warriors games. How many of those guys actually went to school? Who knows? I think he makes half of it up. Probably so. But Jeez, you know what track, he wouldn't what are we do? Talking about <laughs> that's right, players. Names. He wouldn't mistake <laughs> Frank Paul Newell for Boyd Cordner. That's all I'm saying. The end. <laughs> Um, going to Twitter, the Chapo eighty two comes out with his standards. I don't know if this is the, you know he just keeps copying and pasting his tweets every week. Maria Hargraves trying to be a hard cunt again. Hash it forever, Simon Dwyer's bitch. <laughs> That's a new hashtag he's added to it. I like uh, we've it. We got accurate underscore forex. Roosters give me grey hairs, lazy, ill-disciplined, unimaginative, and generally piss poor. The Raiders game to lose. Yeah. Just uh, on the the Minicello tackle. Yep. Do you think the I guess they they probably look at the end result and that's why he got sent off. But the fact that he looked like he had two cracks to take his head off. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like he perfected the jumping off the ground to swing the arm in ta- yeah. technique, like, you know, on his second. It didn't look good. I mean, it doesn't look good when they jump off the ground anyway. No, definitely not. And then when the player that you jump off the ground to hit uh, tries to get up, falls back down, he's got blood gushing out of his head. Yeah. It's never a good look. Exactly. I mean, it's, I mean it's certainly, like, you can say that, you know, it's not it, it's not Minicello's go, as, as they do, you know, when players do something like that, uncharacteristic. Yeah. It's not the his, fact remains. Now it is his go, because he happened. did fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did it. Um, so, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he had a brain, brain explosion or whatever. Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's got a squeaky clean record. So, yeah, he's not doesn't have any carryover points or anything like that that's going to, you know... Um, uh, make his sentence worse but he's got to answer for what he did and I think three weeks is pretty fucking light to be honest I yeah. mean you know Hark going back to you know players with shoulder charges you know with less you know effect that did seven weeks yeah. and you know well, we're going to be sentenced to seven weeks and then you got like T-Rex who had a ta- tackle it was just a momentum thing to no, no ba- ill effects he got seven weeks Yeah. so you know it's a bit ridiculous Greg Inglis touched Dean Young with a cotton ball th- three weeks <laughs> Seriously, he, he should have got fucking life for that. That was, was sickening. Uh, a underscore Frenchie 91. Hargreaves is a dick. Every week he's trying to prove how tough he is when he starts fights. Hash, brain equivalent to a triceratops. <laughs> Jesus, that's overthought. <laughs> oh, the man's name is Letters. If you're going to tweet us, just Letters is fine, guys. nickname. Yeah, I mean, you know who you're talking about. Don't make it so hard on yourself for spelling and shit. And, you know, you, you're on Twitter, you've got 140 characters, man. You know, you can... <laughs> You save old yourself a couple. Just, old mate, he just used 139 characters on his hashtag. Right, and he's not, exactly. Bemsonmeister. The Roosters had less interest in that game than Blake Ferguson in a group photo. Or me watching it. Hash shit footy. Uh, Big Red Mitchell. Raiders, three in a row. Hash Tigers in decline. Close finish for seventh and eighth place. Hash Broncos in decline. Let me tell you, if... Uh 
I'm sure it'll carry on anyway, but Tigers make the eight. Yeah. All these fucking Titans fans and Raiders fans and Knights fans and all these cocksuckers hitting me up with t- hash Tigers in decline all year. Yeah. Hey, how are you looking? How yeah. you feeling? You know, you want to get rid of Tigers in decline? Win the comp. Win the comp. But okay. You know, but you know what? Challenge accepted. But you know what? Even that won't do it because then if you Next win the year, comp... You if c- we lose a couple of games in a row, Tigers in decline. Next year, if you don't win... It's declined, so it's going to happen. It's like provoke the choke. It took years for that that fucking hashtag to work, but, but finally, it's working like a dream. Last year, two yeah. weeks from the two weeks from the grand final. Yeah. This year, we make the grand final qualifier. What next year you're going to win? No, I'm just saying. With Brayton Aston, Tigers yeah, right. can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing: if, if you don't get to uh, you know two games from the grand final, if you go out first week or don't make the finals, then that is a genuine decline, and you realise that the hashtag will live forever. It'll live well, forever anyway. Forever. I mean, it'll, it'll, it won't it'll, really. The, the one season where we actually improve on the on the previous season's performance and finishing position, etc. This ha- the hashtag yeah. has a life of its own, and I think it's going to be a common trolling mechanism for you specifically for as long as you're on Twitter. <laughs> as long as we do this show, for sure. Good cue to quit Twitter. Okay, next one: the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks twenty defeated the South Sydney Rabbitohs seven. What a strange scoreline! Perhaps Chris Sandow returned. Crowd Toyota Stadium sixteen thousand four hundred twenty-three. So that's a pretty good crowd for Sharkies there. Yeah, they're getting out and supporting their boys. Their twenty points came from tries through John Williams, Andrew Fafita, and Tyson Frizzell. Uh, Carney three of three on the goals, and he also got one penalty goal from two attempts. Rabbits their seven points came from tries. The Sam Burgess. A goal to Adam Reynolds, and Adam Reynolds also got a uh, field goal. The Bunnies' bubble's really burst, hasn't it? Right, myth busted by the Manly Seagulls, and now they've just dropped their bundle. That's right. Their challenge now is to recapture that momentum that they're so potent with, um, and I'm just wondering how they're going to react. I think the early signs look, look fairly ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of really dud performances um, in consecutive weeks. Um, and they're not a side that historically deals with adversity too well. They have, have yep. shown a tendency to fall in a heap. Um, whether Maguire can turn that around in time for the finals and get him firing again um, and get him to find that little bit of momentum heading in or, or, or you know, during a game that they can then build on is, is a massive challenge for a guy that is still in his first season of first-grade coaching. Um Based on what he's shown, you'd say you probably wouldn't back against him to do it, but yeah, um, the players have to buy into it as well, and they looked really flat in this game. The thing I think I find with the Rabbitohs is that I, they've got some attacking weapons, obviously, you know, with Burgess and Taylor sort of creating it, and you know, then they've got you guys who can certainly finish shit off and even create stuff themselves, like, you yeah, know, Merritt and English and stuff. But the thing is, I just think when they come across a proper defending side... It makes it difficult. Like, Manly... They scored like, you know, two, three minutes in. That was it. Didn't even look like scoring for the rest of the game. Sharkies, you know, they're obviously, you know, they were probably more in this game for a longer period of time. But same, you know, same net result. Yep. It Um, makes it, yeah, when they're, again, when they're not sort of charging through holes and mm -hmm. and running off short balls and offloads and, um, you know, diving over the try line and pointing at the fucking camera like 90% of their players do. Um they're probably finding it, you know, that they don't have that structure to, to really get into the grind with teams like Manly yeah. and like Cronulla and like the Dogs, etc., um, to play that style of footy and win. And they've probably taken the mentality that they've, they've got enough talent in, in their squad to, to score more points and, 
you know, and score points in bunches. Yep. Um, and run away with score lines, but you know, the closer they get to the finals, the more they're realising that that's not the case, and you have to turn up to play, and you have to be prepared to to roll your sleeves up, really. Um, and they, they haven't been willing to do that the last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, I, th- I just wonder if. Uh, perhaps the rest of the squad, after being so committed to, to cover the absence of, of Greg Inglis and Isaac Luke uh, when they were out, I just wonder if the fact that they had them both back in this game, that the pref- pressure valve came off for those players and they probably let go of some of that responsibility that, that they'd stood up to um, and just waited around for Inglis and Luke to do it and yeah. they couldn't get it done. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, they had the look about them that they were waiting for them to come back, but yeah. I thought that with them back, that would, you know, they'd just sort of slot back and, you know, do what they've been doing. Exactly. Uh, it's a good confidence boost for the Sharks. Something to build on again after stuttering the past month or so. They've a couple of wins, a couple of dud losses. Yeah. Um, you know, and we know the South, albeit South, not at their best, um, but still, you know, definitely finals candidates and, 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 you know, I guess have they still got aspirations on top four at the moment? The bunnies, or they're in the top four, only on four and against at the moment. And yeah. They can't. I think that they uh, they're the ones that can't afford to lose. I have a feeling that if anyone's going to drop out of the top four, uh, you know, the Storm are a chance as well of dropping out if they but, keep. But really, you know, they're going to lose next week. But it's well, only it's only one know, side. Only one side can really drop out of top four, though, because I think it's only really the Cowboys, and to a slightly lesser extent, I think the Sharkies can. Ju- I think they're one point behind the Cowboys, mm. so they might be able to sneak in. But I think really the Cowboys are the most realistic chance of getting in there sure. uh, at the expense of a side, and I think the side that will drop out, if any, is going to be the Rabbits. Yep. Based on current form, you'd have to agree. Yep. All right. Shaboogan. Shaboogan. LOL at the Rabbitohs makes the Tigers' loss sting a little less. That's yeah. funny you've been going so hard on old Shabugan when he's a Tigers fan. I didn't go hard on him, did I? I just you right. I mean, you go hard on everyone, I suppose. Freak 09. Don't be like that, mate. The ghost of Sandow turned up tonight. Field goal in the 65th minute to take the lead, then lose 13-plus at classic Rabbitohs. Southo Dan. Remember when the Sharks beat the Rabbits? Wonder how much talk of premiership tats will be in the papers this week. Hash, not much. <laughs> and uh, we've got Mr. Sports 83... The NRL website is crediting... Oh, fucking, what the fuck is that doing in there? Well, we're not putting that one in there because it doesn't even count. Sorry, Mr. Sports, you are out of there. Next game, and this is a sad, sad state of affairs for the poor old Warriors, and we've already in the news covered the result of it. The Penrith Panthers, 18, defeated the New Zealand Warriors, 16, Mount Smart Stadium, 11,000 people. Points went as follows. Panthers... Tries to Lockie Coote, Kevin Kingston, and importantly, Travis Robinson. Luke Walsh, 3 of 3 on the goals. To feed the Warriors uh, with tries to Sean Johnson and a double to Ben Henry. Maloney was 2 of 3. Very, very funny game to watch while Twitter's whizzing past your face. Because <laughs> the Penrith fans were absolutely fucking carving their own side for 78 and a half As minutes of this game. As they've been doing for the back half of the season. It was hilarious to watch. A loss to a spoon contender at home for the for the Warriors has to be rock bottom. Yep. Um, is it any wonder they sacked their coach? Um, I just the tries that the Warriors scored were actually a sign, um, you know, that they they might have been starting to put some good passages of play together and and were going to break out of their slump. But the commitment in defence is. The top shot, the top sides in the NRL have, it just isn't there. And last season, they probably were more renowned for their attack, but they they really showed commitment in defence in games to to you know get the result or get themselves back into a game. They use their big forwards to um, 
you know, to, to add that bit of starch to their defence and, and start, you know, pushing back when teams might have been starting to get the upper hand. But yep. when it happens this season, the, upper, the team gets the upper hand, they just wilt. Absolutely. Um, but it's not even in defence. It's in attack. Like, I mean, in the in the game against Manly, I mean, you know, it was a tactical error to put, you know, uh, Conrad Hurrell out there with the ankle injury. Sure. And Matt Hyde just made him look fucking stupid for the rest of the night and just, you know, had him in his pocket, total bunny. Um... I can't remember how they ended up, you know, uh, capitulating against the Knights for this, you know, the eighteen nil lead. But this game, the thing that really struck me about it is that once they got to the lead, it's like they forgot how to attack. Yeah, and they're doing stupid, stupid shit like you know, two meter forward passes. Even at the end of the game, they got themselves into a position where they could, you know, have a last crack. Um, they had they had a crack. The ball went to ground. It was a knock on by the Panthers. So with only a couple of seconds left, they all the bolted to form a scrum, got the clock stopped um, for one more play, had another crack, found, sp- found space on the outside, and it wasn't even like a forward pass. Like, Maloney threw it along the ground about 45-degree yeah. angle forward. I mean, it just looks stupid. Look, it looked to uh, to begin the game, it looked like it was going to be one of those days for Lachlan Coote that yep. uh, Penrith fans have often criticised him about, uh, certainly this season. But he more than made amends in the end. Oh, definitely. A couple of line breaks and line break assists, and he's definitely uh, he's still he's uh, he's certainly um, cemented his place, I think, uh, in the side. You know. Yeah, well, it would be it's hard to make a case given some of his you know recent patches of play. It's hard to make a case too strongly for Michael Gordon, who's only just a couple of weeks back from injury. So, well, you know, Michael Gordon. I mean, he's he's going as well. So I mean, for for Coote, I mean, he's cementing his place in five eighth. You know, going forward for the Panthers. You know when they they're going to have other players come in and you know other you know perhaps other fullback options. Yeah, and I, and I guess when you have got guys like Josh Mansour, Mansour is pretty much, and he's also probably cemented, cemented his place. His spot. Yeah, um, he he's a good story for Penrith. You know, he came into the squad uh, on the wing, um, looking for an opportunity at Penrith, and his performances on the wing were great. Yeah, and yeah. and he's only really sort of taken that to another level with his games at fullback. Um, and Coot looks every bit the 5'8". Yep. Um, again, he's a couple of little errors here and there, and, and they were costly ones, don't yep. get me wrong, but he worked his way back into the game and, and directed them around, and, and when it came time to attack, he was he was every, every bit the decent 5'8". I'm assuming he must have played his junior footy there. He, he looks fairly comfortable. Yeah, he does. He does. Oh, he's just got, he has naturally got, you know, naturally got the ball-playing skills and, you know... Why not footwork? Why not? Yeah. The other thing that struck me about the Warriors is when that try, that last try they let in to lose the game was just the the fucking disorganised lack of commitment they have. I can't remember who the defenders were out there on their right-hand side, on Panthers' left-hand side, but when the ball came out to the outside, they had numbers there to cover them easily, and you had a Warriors player two in or three in from the sideline pointing to the player outside him you stay out there, I've got this guy. And the fucking guy still came in, yeah. and which created the space for Robinson to eventually crash over and score the try. Uh, that sort of shit where, you know, you're being told what to do and just not... Not having the, the mental toughness to, to take that instruction and deal with it and, yeah, and carry I mean, and execute. Disorganised. Sure. Okay, A underscore Frenchie 91, who's a Penrith pan, of course. And I, and I actually have to put... I'm putting this one out there now because this was a tweet he did early on in the piece, probably within the first 20 minutes of the game, said, uh, just carve us a wooden spoon now. This is hard to watch. Hash Panthers still in decline. And so for these fans that are, 
Yeah. <laughs> they do get a bit resigned to their fate rather early. They do. Garbs, 1985. The Warriors are as shit as they were once were deadly. Uh, Mr. Very Bowles, true. who also was slagging his side or just quietly before the start of the game, or you know, in the first half of the game, but he's come out at the end and said, Hash, here's to you, Travis Robinson. Try time, bitches. Eat a bag of dicks. Worst game I've ever watched, but who cares? So Yeah, he's, he's that type of guy, isn't he, really? Fair weather sailor, that guy. Yeah, exactly right. Hanley, 1993. Why do all housewives love the Warriors? Because they can stay on top for ages and still come second. <laughs> and uh, Tigers in decline. From grand finalists to being beaten by the likely wooden spooners. Why do the Warriors keep losing to shit teams? Why, indeed, I don't have an answer, Tigers in decline. Me either. Dragon Punk 12. That Warriors vs. Panthers game has to be the Vuvuzela of the year, maybe even the decade. I'm inclined to agree it was a shit game. It really was. And Frenchy, uh, a Frenchy 91, came back afterwards and said, and that was the Vuvuzela of the year. Shocking game where I wanted to claw my eyes out, hash uglier than Dave Taylor. Yeah, that's ugly. Next match, the Gold Coast Titans 24 defeated the Parramatta Eels 16 in front of a crowd reported at 14,159 at Skilled Park on the Gold Coast. And the points were as follows. Gold Coast 24 came from tries to Steve Michaels and Nate Miles, William Zillman and Kevin Gordon. Princey was 3 of 4 on the conversions. He also grabbed himself a penalty goal. And Parramatta 16 tries to Luke Burt, Chris Sandow and Taniela Lasalo. Luke Burt, 2 of 3 on the conversions. Regardless of whether the Titans make the eight, and they do have some fairly hollow hopes of uh, storming into the finals at the expense of the West Tigers, which just aren't going to happen. But despite that, I think they must be ecstatic to have uh, discovered Aiden Caesar. Absolute star in the making, that guy. Yeah. Seems super composed, directs the team really well around the park. He's got a good combination with Princey. Um, fast, good footwork. He's like a swimming pool in Cocoon for Princey. Yeah. <laughs> Princey got inside him, and what? like, and now it's given him a new lease on life. Princey got inside Aiden Caesar. <laughs> wow, there's a rumour. <laughs> I'm not convinced, um, despite their um, their aspirations to make the eight. I'm not convinced the Titans can get there without Luke Bailey. Um, they showed you know, some lapses in this game, where they, their forwards looked a little bit lost, with the exception of Nate Miles, who had another good game. Um, and scored a good try when running through a gaping fucking hole he's five th- metres out from Barry's line. He's thriving with the responsibility. I mean, yeah. his last couple of weeks have been fantastic. Great play. He's had a great season. Um, you know, it's it's fitting that the Titans have probably turned it around into a lot of positives. Is that they weren't looking real flash at the start of the season. Nate Miles was just toiling away. Um, had a really great origin series and, and came back to the Titans after that uh, renewed and, and playing you know some of the best footy of his career so it's fitting that they've, they've actually provided you know off the back of a lot of his good work they've provided a pretty reasonable season yeah yeah you know, definitely despite how it was looking earlier on um, we spoke about it earlier with, with Sandow but how many times have we seen him bust into the clear post Steve Kearney I'd like to see that many times. Yeah, well, many times. I don't. I don't reckon you could have counted on. You know, if you were a leper and you only had two fingers, I don't reckon you could have counted it on one hand. In the in the Kearney era, you know, it's very difficult to recall any times. Yeah. Now though, um, broke into the clear against the Tigers at least three times. Yep. Um, scored two tries against the Broncos running into the clear. Yep. Um, and made it another couple of line breaks there, and, and did the same in this game. Um, 
you know, ultimately didn't get the result. But uh, just that style of footy, and you've said it before, that's that's Chris Sandow. And that's what they pay the money for. And, you know, they well, that's clearly what they, haven't utilised him That's why they offer him to the contract, because he was playing that style of footy. So they give him the contract, and they bring a coach in which stifles that style of footy. A, not good economics. B, how, how do you get value for money? Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, you don't. It's and now, they, and now they're starting, sense. you know. They're going to get about, you know, 150 grand worth of money, you know, value out of him because of it. Yeah, exactly. This um, season. We've been fairly detrimental of the Titans crowds um, the last sort of season and a bit, but 14,000 is slowly growing. If they make the finals, I'm sure it'll be a packed house. But Yeah, it felt it felt more like a legit 14,000, yeah. though, like as, as compared to, I mean, there's been tons of 13,000 reported that looked mm. empty. And this one, you know, it seemed like Did a Did you go legit. down, please? No, I didn't. Oh. But we had, people on, we had people on the ground at this game, though. Yeah, we uh, sure did. did. And um, it felt like a more legit... I mean, look, just looking at it on TV, it felt like a more legit 14,000 exactly. than these 13,000s where we're like, oh, yeah, that's six. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good thing. Exactly. All right. Um, overall, I didn't think this game was particularly high quality, and I thought the Eels defense was shithouse. Yes. Especially given that the fact that, you know, they had the opportunity to see uh, their rivals uh, for the for the spoon, uh, the Panthers, their closest rivals, winning the game. Yeah. So, if, you know, what, how much more motivation do you need? Um, yeah, well, they they seem you know not really concerned. They just want the season to be over, whether they get the spoon or not. So yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a lot there's a lot to do at Para, but they do have some building blocks there of a reasonable sort of side. Yep. Um, it's just whether their incoming coach can get the best out of them. That's it. Twitter freak zero nine. <laughs> Gaznia quote from Gaznia: The Eels prefer to let teams score and chase the points. Really. The Chapo, 82. Amateur hour at Skilled Park. Wow. Hash, Titans are a Group 6 team. <laughs> at Scotty Eel. How the fuck does Kevin Gordon get his Elvis wig to stay on while he runs so fast? That Hash, is a ridiculous haircut. It is ridiculous. But I mean, he's all, you know... He's, he's always had some dodgy haircuts. Always had dodgy haircuts, always. Yeah. It's funny... He's a kilogram. He can pull it off. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's got, he's got a stage act and a football career to manage. I mean, you know, he's just got a... He's got a you can't have both. one hairdo for both. Exactly. Can you? No. Ah, Benso. No wonder he was. With all the other bottom of the table results going our way, you'd think Para would show some ticker in defence. Nope. At Mup23, it's all falling into place for the Titans. Princey will finally be able to go over that ink he got in 05. How dare you. <laughs> And why wouldn't he? Oh, and also, sorry, he, I had to go to the next page of my notes, but he also added to that, hash, Tigers, tats in decline. <laughs> next game, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 42, defeated the Newcastle Knights, 20. And that crowd is actually the exact same crowd reported at Skilled Park. Oh, no, sorry, slightly more, 40 more. Um where are you? The points scored at Manly's 42 came from a double to Brett Stewart, try to Glenn Stewart, Jamie Lyon, double to Tony Williams, Kieran Foran and Jorge Tafua. Cherry Evans uh, had a cheeky shot at field goal, missed it, just. Jamie Lyon, 5 of 8 on the goals. Newcastle Knights, their tries came to Jared Mullen, Akawilu Uate Pate and a double to Kevin Nakama. And uh, where are we? Tyron Roberts, 2 of 4 on the conversions. True manly grit to play pretty much the bulk of the second half with, with no reserves. Thirty-seven minutes without a bench, and when you th- and that's like you know you you look at that and you go wow that's something, but then you look at like you know guys like um 
like who took a head like uh, Joe Joe Nullivar took a head knock and he was down for a little while. What was down for a little while? George Rose was on the field, so he had to play a half of football. Things like that, and and then when you, then on top of that, it wasn't just the team. George Rose died, right? No, no, he, he didn't, didn't die. No, he didn't. But I mean, he's certainly not going to take as much shit for his weight because he think he lost it. He pretty much worked it all off. Now he looks like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in his Mr. Olympia years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the other thing is, not only did they have no bench, but I mean, key players knocked out. Hooker replacement hooker gone, a prop gone, and then they had a winger gone. So everyone everyone had to shuffle out of position to accommodate that. Um, so it was an incredible. They still won by twenty two points. It was an incredible <laughs> effort in the second half, um, season defining. Uh, I think uh, the stand. And as a couple probably of used seasons, up all their energy and won't win another game for the rest of the season. Probably season-defining. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's funny. The Manly, when they get their full side on the field, uh, they generally score forty points and a half. So. Um, you know, let's hope they can get their full side on the field for the finals because shit's going to get real for 80 real minutes. quick. Uh, well, no, 80 nil. Well, yeah, exactly. 80 nil. I mean, if the Storm were lucky enough to get to the grand final to face them, um, you know, I mean, we're talking luck. It could be the Tigers on the end of it. You never know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What do you, let's let's hear your your version of events or, you know, your comments and then I can you know, wrap up my short, you know, my couple ones. Yes. Um, how does losing Wolfman affect the season? It's, it's not like they haven't done it before, but... Not a great deal. I mean, uh, if they didn't have anyone else to come in, then you know, it's a bit iffy. But at the end of the day, it's it's uh, they've got uh, Dean Vare to come in there, and he's been super solid in every game he's played for them. Except he's for fullback. Played a lot of games. He's he's been solid in fullback really for ninety nine percent of the time. Um, you know, safe under high balls, things like that. Probably safer under the high ball than than Wolfman, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I mean, Wolfman does have a certain um, uh, certain quality, like Kamikaze quality, to him. To his own detriment, clearly, um, and there is there is something, you know, great, you know, when you're watching a player that's you know of slight build just run back like a fucking maniac, you know, yeah, run a ball back with no regard for their personal health, and um and also uh, the way he absolutely fucking destroyed that Knights player that when they made a big break and he ran back you know thirty meters and just put yeah. a sm- hit Speed on speed is you know, power man, so um yeah love Wolfman, but I think that of all the positions in the side. He's one of the ones that we can probably replace. Um, it's not like you're not adept at replacing him. It's the com- it's the combination with Jamie Lyon is the only thing that's missing. I mean, those two clearly have a sixth sense, the way that Jamie uh, can set him up for tries, and he runs the perfect line, knows when to come inside, knows when to stay out, you know, and, you know, Lyon just dishes the tries up to him. But, you know, Vare's been there and done it before, so I'm not too worried about that. I like the snake jersey. Yeah, me too. Pretty good. wasn't I wasn't a massive fan of it through the week, just seeing like you know pictures of it and that. But then after seeing it for the game and everything, it looks awesome. And yep. I'll, hopefully, I'll get one Fuzz Day. Eh? Nudge, nudge. My you wife looking at me. No, no. Buy your fucking Father's Day gift, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> You're not my son anymore. <laughs> the injuries will be the thing that stops Manly's progression through the finals. Um, Although they have shown that they can deal with adversity, uh, how much these sort of injuries from game to game are taking their toll on the players and a bunch of needles and, and you know, bumps and bruises. Um, I think if there's any side that's going to make the finals that can deal with it, it is manly, but um, I just wonder how much of a toll that's going to take on some of their key players. 
Yeah, and the, the the preliminary report is that there's not too bad. I mean, Wolfman most certainly is gone. They might rest Jason King. Um, Ballon, I thought he was going to be gone for a week or two, but there's every opportunity he's going to play this week as well. And I think he's probably the key one. I mean, King, they played without him last season yeah. uh, in, in the grand final. Um, you know, when he had like a torn peck or something, I think. Mm. And um, so, you know, he, he's, he's, you know... Good player, but replaceable. I mean, great because he's a captain as well. We are one of the captains, but he's replaceable. Um, but I think that in defence, Matt Ballon is irreplaceable. I mean, the amount of uh, invisible like mopping up that he does yeah. is is incredible. In attack, Bureau played was playing the best game of his career at dummy half. Matt Ballon, he's he, a bit like was, Robbie Farrell without the attacking ability. Eh? Well, you have to say. Well, no, yeah. because I, I know when Matt... Like a, you know, like a... Remember that time in... He's like time a similar last... player to Robbie Farrow, Farrow, just with like 5% of the ability. Remember that time last week when when, uh, when Matty Ballon actually uh, did that spin on the 20-metre line, ran, got over the line, and no one was under him, no one was touching him, no one was uh, trying to hold him Robbie up. Robbie Farrow um, scored a try two on the weekend, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it was given, though, was it? show on the scoreboard. Yeah, so uh, guess what? It was just another one of those tries that you just couldn't complete, like the fucking 10 in Origin that would have won it for New South Wales. Fucking liability, that guy. But don't get me started on him. I mean, he's broken his hand. He's out of the picture for the rest of the year. We don't have to talk about him again, thank fuck. All right. Now, where was I? Yeah, Bureau. Before he got absolutely fucking KO'd, out cold for a couple of minutes, um... Look fantastic. I mean, like just the just the, the change in speed and uh, and footwork from dummy half. Uh, it, it was causing a lot of problems for the Knights. And if he hadn't got knocked out, it would have got the score would have been a lot uglier because the shit. The as longer the match went on, the more you know, the more leeway he was finding and the more shit he was creating. Um, but you know, the key is clearly this game proves it once again. The key for Manly is, I mean, injuries are one thing, but if they can keep foreign Cherry Evans, the Stewarts, and Jamie Lyon on the field. Fucking hard to stop because all those dudes are starting to come to the stage now where they're at their absolute peak again sure. and just destroying teams. Like I mean, that first half was you know one of I mean it was like the you know similar to the Parramatta game I suppose a couple of weeks ago. Except this is against a team that was on a roll and looking to get into the finals. And coached by Wayne Bennett. Coached by Wayne Bennett, who's a defensive know, a fucking maestro. <laughs> and they got absolutely cut to ribbons. It was like almost like touch football. It was men versus boys. Any fucking analogy that you want to draw. Um, most dominant half of football by any side this year and you know maybe in several years since the 2008 grand final maybe who knows <laughs> um, but yeah I'm loving it um, next the, the the 37 minutes out of the bench fucking so so proud of it and you get some some dickhead media people that are like you know they've clearly just like got the scorer's sheet and the minutes when tries were scored and everything and they read it and they go oh Newcastle Knights massive comeback Manly you know did enough to hold on Without fucking knowing, knowing any context any behind, it, yeah. you know, the fact is it was fucking, it was a mighty stand. And the other, only other thing I want to say is that that short restart, probably the turning point, not the turning point of the match because we were ahead by quite a lot, but it definitely stopped Newcastle in their tracks. And I don't think they scored any points after the, after the, it happened. And what I'm talking about is the, uh, the short dropout that, uh, where it was beautifully masked by uh, Cherry Evans, where he looked like, he, for all money, he was doing a run-up to just fucking hoik at 60 metres on the fly. And then he's just fucking, just a, a nice little chip. It's just bounced 11 metres <laughs> from the goal line, straight up into Foran's hands. And, and all I can say, meters. you know, on behalf of, of Benji Marshall, um, is... Never you know, seen it. You're welcome. But speaking of things that Benji Marshall does, I mean, that's a lie to, to, to diminish... So you've never seen Benji Marshall attempt a short oh, drop I've, out I've seen, yeah, I've seen him attempt a million Regather the ball and run fifty meters and um, save the game. No, no, never. 
Right. Never. Okay. They might recover it in a scramble, but often they lose it. It doesn't work. It doesn't go the 10 metres penalty. That sort of stuff happens yeah. all the time, I'll concede. But the other, speaking of things, you just reminded me, things that Benji does, Benji drops the ball, kicks it along the ground, gets it recovered, scores a try, and it's yes. called a try. Yeah, that's right. Brent Kite drops the ball. Yes. Sockers it through after he drops it. My mate Brent Kite. Bounces back up, recovers it. Founder of this show. On his way to the, gr- on his way to the ground, passes out Jamie Lyon for a try. No try. Absolutely. It was literally identical to the Benji Marshall situation. But Brent Kite, he's a fucking forward. He, why would he kick it? He's not kicking it. Well, he, he didn't Benji mean to Marshall kick it. Benji Marshall was trying to go for a field goal perfectly, you know, much like you just said about Cherry Evans, just disguised it perfectly. As a uh, knock-on. Dribbled, dribbled <laughs> the ball through and, and, and put a magnificent step on Darius. Boy, they never even saw him coming. Um, <laughs> the type of player he is, mate. What are you going to do? Twitter. Subbo Dan, this is dead set touch football. Awesome to watch. A few teams would be quite worried about this manly form. Not the Tigers. Well, I mean, yeah, they don't have to worry We're about that. Run be, straight through them to the grand final. They'll be, uh, they'll be watching from Bali. Big Dan, nineteen eighty-five, a Jekyll and Hyde performance from the NRL Knights. Very annoying. You owe me a blowjob for keeping Tigers in the finals race. That's not forthcoming. Get on the mic. <laughs> and it wasn't a Jekyll and Hyde performance from the Knights. It was fucking Jekyll and Jekyll performance, or, or you know, whatever. Uh, it, was, it was a Hyde and Hyde performance. They were shit the entire time. I mean, aided by the fact Manly didn't have a bench in the second half that stopped them from having 80 put on them. Next, Nudju. Manly put on a rugby league masterclass in the first half and the bravest stand since Rourke's drift in the second half. And now I'm instructed to wait and look at the blank expression on your face, which I am getting. So that's satisfying. Mickey Rourke, right? (laughs) Note to people listening, he's saying that as a joke. He doesn't really think... I don't think he thinks that. In underscore... I love Mickey Rourke in that. In underscore the underscore surf. Awesome first half, awesome jerseys, and fingers crossed, no bad injuries. Fuck, we looked good. Shame halftime had to come. And CK Jonesy finally... Oh, this one. Jorge Tofura is a rugby league hurricane brushing aside tackles like a regular man's shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying that in response to a, a Canberra Times blog. Um, it was on like a Daily Telegraph, but you know how they have the regional versions of the thing. Uh, in Canberra, and the Canberra Times version of it, they, they have a blog... Uh, about the Raiders and this guy just wrote it's just fucking bullshit it was hilarious it was like something that we would have written yeah. I mean it was so it was so over the top bullshit about the Canberra's win over the over the Chooks and um, I was just thinking why can't why doesn't every club get to have a, a bullshit blog like that because it's it's something that we could we could write because it's literally the, the shit that we go on with Except you, on a, my, 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 stuff, my stuff's 100% fact. Well, no, because your shit would be like oh blah blah you know the Aussie Battlers blah, you know all that bullshit that you carry on with it was like that you know, undefeated, undefeated asterisk, blah, you know, all Little that Aussie shit. Atlas trying to make their way in a tough, harsh world and blast through a final series to Premiership glory. Monday night foot, bitch. The North Queensland Cowboys, 32, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 22. Wind Stadium, Wollongong, a crowd of under 10,000. In fact, just over 9,000. Disgraceful pittance. Now, the tries. Cowboys, Matty Bowen, Jonathan Thurston, Ash Graham, and a double to Kane Linnett. Thurston, 5 of 5 on the goals, and he also grabbed like himself a penalty. Marshalls do. Very fucking rarely, if ever. Illawarra, St. George Illawarra Dragons, they had tries to Ben Cray, Dan Hunt, Daniel Vito, Mitch Rain. Sour with 3 of 4 on the conversions. 
Great time for the Cowboys with uh, Bowen and JT sparking when they need to produce a win. Um, the, the game was sort of there in the balance and, and the Cowboys were looking for one or, or both of them to, to step up and, and put some points on and they certainly did. The game Kirsten scored one himself and then set one up for Bowen. You know when the game wasn't in the balance? Uh, when they weren't fighting. Pretty much the entire first half when the Cowboys were absolutely pissing tries into the Dragons whenever they felt like it and still managed to let them get back to 18-16 at halftime. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Just, they're bad signs for their defence. You know, I mean, there's it's fantastic signs for them, you know, to, to win yeah. the game and everything like the, that. The fact that they went on to seal the deal is one thing, but they did allow the Dragons back into the game and that's one aspect of, of that they can take out of this game and improve on heading into the finals. And the tries they scored were incredibly soft too, the, the early tries. I mean, it looked like the Cowboys were going to put 50 on them. They were just that easy. And, it, and you know, St. George Illawarra Dragons, they're a team, you know, that over recent history have stamped themselves and, you know, built their side around the fact that they, you know, they're a staunch defensive outfit. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the shit flows on from they there. They used to be. So far removed from that, that side now, it's, um, you know... Daniel Vito's lyrics. Or <laughs> <laughs> heartbreaking if you're a Dragons fan. <laughs> Daniel Vito cost his side a chance at victory with uh, his brain explosion that we spoke about earlier. But what was he thinking? He was actually... He was actually James Tamau was involved in a fight. Yeah. And he ran up and punched James Tamau in the side of the head. Yeah. yeah. Um, or the back of the head even, which is Came in much... and thighed at it too. Like, you know, he was... Yeah, yeah. Tamau was being held at the time as well. So, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> very, very poor. Spent some time in the sin bin, and um, and that's when the the game was won and lost for the Dragons. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, and you know, Vito was actually going okay in that point. Like he was actually yeah. a game where Dragons fans were like, you know, oh my god, Vito's fucking amazing. Um, but usually it's like you know, he's just yeah. We've we've Vito's seen past shows. He's a, he's a warm body out there to basically make thirteen. Exactly. That just reminded me of something else with the Titans game. After half time, they come out in the field, and the commentators are like. Huh. Hang on a minute. Titans have only got 12 guys on the field for the second half. The bench walk out. Huh. And they play the first couple of minutes without 13 players. Why? That's weird. Because Ashley Harrison was in the toilet taking a shit at half time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they let it out. They, uh, they, you know, embarrassingly for him, they kind of, you know, one of the players let it out in the bag talking to the media after the match. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was taking a shit and, uh, you know, obviously he was, you know, like a lot of us do, and you know, no names, but um, you know, catching up on his song pop games, probably, you know, on the on the, on the crapper at halftime. And uh, sick, dude. <laughs> anyway, back to the uh, Saint George Dragons. Uh, Twitter, Bemson Meister. I see the Dragons got a small child to scribble on their shirts in crayon this week. Was it the cat in the hat? Hash retard. And I just have to say, yeah, commemorative jerseys. You know, I've had my issues in the past. I think that Dragons one looked fucking awesome. Yeah, I thought it was good. I was. I mean, I thought it was one of the one of the better. Um, Certainly one of like the ones that incorporate like indigenous art because yeah. I mean it really kept like the uh, you know the the history and the general form of a dragon's jersey but incorporated the other stuff kind of seamlessly and yeah. just like it looked fucking awesome. For, yeah, it was quite well done. Know, I thought for, for a dragon's jersey. Um, where are we? Tall Hayden, round twenty four. Cray has his sixth try. That's one every four weeks. Ben Cray is a period. He's literally a red V. <sighs> Disgraceful. Bemson Weistar. Vito finally managing to shit on the opposition instead of his own team. Well done. It's only taken a fucking year. Hash useless. And, and then he managed to shit on his own team again. Again, yeah. Random hammer. Simbins, fights, penalties for facials. This game had the lot. Except defense. 
and a team that can win the grand final. <laughs> Sensational. Previews for round 25 of the 2012 Telstra Premiership. Kicks off Friday night football and flogging of the round. The mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Brisbane Broncos. Broncos on a Friday night. Don't care this time because I get to see, I get to watch, <laughs> get to watch it's, it. It's a game I actually want to watch. Um, down at Brookie. Now, the teams as, be, as being named. Obviously, Wolfman is Gonski, so Dean Vare comes in in the number five jersey. Who else have we got there? Uh, Jason King, named. Matt Ballin, named. And you know what? You look at the interchange bench and... Uh, Beer is on there, and it's not an extended bench. Mm. Um, where's fucking Lussick, for that matter? This is obviously, you know, a bit of gamesmanship there, because you'd think they'd have uh, Lussick on, like, you know, in 18 or something on the extended bench, covering for the, you know, possible... No prob- doubt he'll be in reserve grade where probable, he belongs. Probable resting of Jason King. Um, I'm not... I'm not. I refuse to... I refuse to... Uh, I refuse to answer your... Uh, your your uh, baiting. I'm just, just getting through the professional fact. aspect of the show. It's fact. Broncos. So, Hoffman. Norman. Still named Hoffman, still named on the wing, and Norman, still named fullback. Peter Wallace, still named seven. They do get the returning, uh, I believe. Well, they've had named uh, Alex Glenn there is in 16, Josh McGuire in 15. They're expected to make their return. Um, I'm not sure why they're on the interchange bench like that. Why wouldn't they just name them? Is there some doubt? They still have Mitch Dodds. They have Mitch Dodds and. and the name is Louis, still named. I mean, those guys will obviously drop off uh, should they play. Regardless, mainly 13 plus. Really? Because, you know, a lot of Broncos fans, let's say... Are you calling me a Broncos let's fan, call motherfucker? Them, let's call them... No, 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 I'm not calling you a Broncos fan. I'm saying a lot of Broncos fans, let's say, you know, for arguments, their name might be Sam, are absolutely convinced that the Broncos are not only going to win this game, but win it easily. What do you say I to people I knew a Broncos like fan named Sam... He died of syphilis. Shortly before he died, he was predicting ridiculous fucking results to games such as this. Yep. And then the syphilis took over. No one's seen him since. Also, the same Sam that would make ridiculous predictions like that also said that uh, if the Broncos lost the... Who'd they lose to before the Storm? Who was the week before? The Dogs? Para? Para? No, Para. No, it was Para, then Dog. Was it Dogs? And then Storm? Yeah, because it was two Yeah, that's right. Para, Dogs, Storm. I believe it was a dog's game. It's hard game. to keep up with all their losses. I know, I know. Um, when, when he said, uh, I believe he said on Facebook, uh, before the dog's game, that if they were to lose that game, that he would cut his penis off. <laughs> such, would he, such would his heartbreak be. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, hasn't done it yet though. Well, I, did, I did see him on Friday night and I noticed he had hacked the one off his forehead. So maybe that's what he meant. Okay, okay. So, uh, so you're convinced that Manly win 13 plus? Yes. I think the injuries may... Yeah, it's possible they could hamper the hamper the side, but it's Brookvale Oval. It's coming down to the business end of the season when they've clearly got a roll on. Um, I don't think the Broncos stand a chance. But what I will say in the Broncos' favour is, other than the you know the, the potential non-playing of Matt Ballin, which I think would be the most crucial one. Other than that, this is you know the Broncos. They're in fucking trouble. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, are they on the same amount of points as you guys? Yeah, you know, twenty-six. So if they were to lose this game. When you've got, you know, we'll get into your game, but you know, should you should get a win this week? But you lose this game, that puts them, you know, they're in the same mix as Canberra and all that sort of thing. Um, 
it could be their fucking season. So yeah, you know, if that exactly. you know, if, if they that, can't turn up this week, they never will. Yeah. So if that inspires them to you know to something, you know, then yeah, so be they. Yeah, you know, they they may jag it, but I don't see it happening. Next. Canberra Raiders versus the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. A month ago, seeing this on Friday Night Football, you would have been like, what the fuck is this shit? But now, the Raiders... Picking the Bulldogs to extinguish the Raiders' finals hopes. Is only because it was the Tigers. Yeah. yeah. So, the Canberra Raiders down in Canberra, a little bit of a roll on. The Bulldogs clearly fading, you know, given the way they almost let the Tigers beat them. And the Broncos, you know, off to a substantial lead uh, the week before. Clearly, the, the, the Bulldogs are declining and getting closer to that loss. Could Is this come, week? Could it come down? I just can't see it happen. I, I, I think can't the either. Raiders are, are playing some decent footy. Um, McCrone is playing really well. Seems Dugan's, to be pretty arsy though too, doesn't it? Oh, I don't they're know about arsy. I think they're putting together, using their forwards and then and some backline play off the back. They it. can't defend. You know what I mean? Like they, they they have that glaring you know hole in their defensive line. Yeah, but which their attack they, is up there. So that the hole in their defensive line has been there so long that they've actually fucking named it. Jared Croker. Croker. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're naming like a, a patch of grass, you know, affectionately. <laughs> he really know, is appalling. He's shocking. And and you know what? The Bulldogs could just fucking run anyone they want. Pritchard. Barber, Morris, any of the big boys. Captain yeah. Snooze, he'd, he'd fucking love it. Reynolds. Carves up the he'd Tigers. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dogs 13 plus. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Um Penrith Panthers versus Gold Coast Titans. This one is on a Saturday. It's down at Penrith. Now, the Panthers' side. Stability, much the same. Manhor back on the wing. Michael Gordon, you know, obviously not reaching the heights, you know, as his previous... He's only been back a couple of weeks, so, you know, of course. Uh, Lockie Coote remains in the six. So... Panthers 1-12. Yeah? Only because it works for the Tigers. Okay, so we have to take all this shit with a grain of salt. Oh, the Titans' desperation will prevail. And, uh, West Tigers are a team of destiny, Nathan. And in, in destiny, things just happen to fall into place. As you'd know, you were destined to be a cockhead. Things fell into place. Like you, you say, Manly were, Manly were be- destined, to, destined to win last year. Destined to win this year. This Some, would have you believe that. Some would have you believe that they were destined to win last year. Um, I'm not one of those people. But in this game, <laughs> Penrith, Penrith Panthers are destined for victory. Uh, and uh, don't anybody yeah, coming out of his goal. say one to twelve. Uh, Titans, it's their season. They're going to win. Next, St George Illawarra Dragons versus the Warriors. This one is taking place at Wynn Stadium. It's the last home game uh, for the Dragons, which yeah. means it's uh, given that the Parramatta game is already sold out. Given the um, retirement of uh, Bert and Hindy, it's the last opportunity for most of the Hornby Dragons fans. And, uh, Dan Young. Exactly, exactly. And potentially Jamie Soward as well. Yeah, and so, for that reason, I'll have to tip the Dragons. They won't score enough points to win 13+, plus, so it'll be 1-12. to 12. I'll tip it because the Warriors are fucking hopeless. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I agreed. And, uh, but, okay, now it's come out of my mouth. I have to backtrack a little bit and say new coach syndrome. The sack coach syndrome... Does it overcome yeah, that is the true. retiring the retiring player syndrome? That's a very very good question. Because the dragons aren't a final downside force. Yeah, this one's going to be. Uh, it's going to come down to that, isn't it? And you know, maybe the fact that you know Hornby and Young, you know, dare I say, aren't that aren't that great? Legend slash legendary. Does the new coach syndrome get over the top of it? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the dragons. Warriors 13 plus. At halftime and then get run down by the <laughs> <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys take on the Newcastle Knights on Saturday night. It's up at Dairy Farmers Stadium. And for that, you know, well, Newcastle, 
it's their season, well and truly. They could have kept in touch. They could have probably vaulted into the eight if they had a beaten Manly. Um, you know, I think the Cowboys are going to fucking carve them up, quite honestly. And uh, you're going to say the same because it works for the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. The Cowboys at home. Uh, JT and Bowen in irresistible form at the moment. Knights, uh, you know, dragging their feet with their heads down. I think the Cowboys will give them a touch-up. But a fine game from Rochow, nonetheless. I'm sure they will be. And you are Pate. And you are Pate. And Fluffy. But not Cuthbertson. Never Cuthbertson. Next, Sydney Roosters versus the West Tigers. It's a two o'clock game on Sunday. Coming from uh, Sydney Football Stadium. Tigers, of course, fucking don't have their team in front of me because they release it at about fucking 9.30 at night. Wouldn't matter. Uh, team of skillful genius type players. Uh, Benji Marshall to lead the way with the absence of Robbie Farrow with his broken hand that he'll come back from in two weeks because he heals like Wolverine. Um... Yeah, I can't see the Roosters getting within 30, to be quite honest. Interesting to note that Anthony Minicello has been named. Yes, he won't, he will not be playing. <laughs> Crackheads, what the fuck are they thinking? <laughs> uh, I, so I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen with the reshuffle because they haven't listed an extended bench at all. No. So, I mean, would, I mean the um, Tuivasa Sheck, would he drop back to fullback perhaps? I suspect that's probably the way they'll go, uh, and they'll bring a winger in from the 20s or... Times like these, Reggie's. you probably wish you had a fucking sand parrot in your side. <laughs> you probably would, exactly. Yep. Um, uh, Bruce not that is, he'd help much either. No Robbie, no chance, as has always been the case of the Tigers, as will always be the case of the Tigers, despite the fact that he has fewer players in his dressing room than Benji has in his dressing room. Robbie Farrow is the heart and soul of that side, uh, and they just can't, they can't deal without him. I don't think Benji will be fucking shedding too many tears over his hand before the game, but in any case, same result. How dare you? How fucking dare you? <laughs> finally. Not finally. Second finally. I look forward to the West Tigers winning this game and putting paid to all the Tigers in decline bullshit as they uh, cement their place for good this season in the top eight. You made the top eight last time. You need to get one game further than last Let's year. Let's just make the finals first, mate, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that is that is that is an uphill battle in itself. South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Parramatta Eels. This is the... The stream game slash Channel 9 game, if you are, you know, retarded. <laughs> what do we got here? I'm going to have to go with the Rabbitohs, I think. It's action. It's battle stations for the Rabbitohs. They're Definitely. on a slide and you cannot go into the finals with such a, a lack of momentum. Even if they were to win next week, uh, if they lose this game, that's that's the end of their, their chances. I just can't see them turning it around. Such a momentum and a confidence side. If they, they were to lose you know, their third game in a row, I couldn't see them coming back from it. So for that reason, I'm going to tip them 1-12. Look, they, they have to, they, no doubt about it, they have to win this game or else their top four aspirations are Gornski. Mm. But you know the Eels, when the Eels attack is on... South is the sort of side that's kind of vulnerable to what they can do. Absolutely. I think. Um, Much like the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, that, tr- that too. Who Parramatta scored 30 points in 13 minutes, and then in the uh, next match this season, still put like close to 30 on again. 22 to 6 lead. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Rabbitohs will win because they have to, and, you know, they're a better side. Let's face it, they are a better side, but they're not in the best form at the moment, so don't be surprised if the Eels can do something. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, the Eels, the shine's kind of come off the Brad Arthur era as well, and now they're just, you know, they're back to the fact that they're a shithouse team. Will the ambition to get rid of the spoon, you know, override South's you know, ambitions, obviously, to, you know, retain a top-four spot? Probably not. I don't not. think so. I think the Rabbitohs will bounce back. 
Monday night footbitch, the Melbourne Storm take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. This is a game kind of, you know, you wouldn't have thought this would be a Monday night game at this stage of the season. Yeah. I'm going to go an upset here. I reckon the Sharkies can get the job done. I think the Sharkies get the job done as well, and I think it's a, it's critical they do, you know, to provide Manly with an avenue to take second place on the ladder. <laughs> um, and for that reason, because it benefits Manly, clearly the Sharks are going to win by billions. Wow. Isn't that how it works? No, I mean, that's just stupid line of thinking. <laughs> Why would you come up with that? <laughs> Paul Gallen will have an absolute monster game. Todd Carney uh, probably play one of his better games this season. He, he's been a little bit up and down and patchy, but I think he'll... Uh, the week be before boy. last, he was fantastic. Last week, he was a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think um, I think the Sharks have got a, a big performance in them. I think they'll knock Melbourne off. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see him do it. I really would. It's uh, down in Melbourne. You know, it kind of makes it a bit more difficult. But it's Monday Night Football, the team that's not supposed to win on Monday Night. You know, often... Exactly. You know, often gets the win. Uh, the Sharks, you know, potentially returning to form at the moment. Um, the Storm, they they are also, you know, I think they are on the incline um, after having a terrible streak where they lost, you know, a lot of games. Like, was it over five games? Was it five games or six? They lost like, a number of games in a row, which is the biggest streak they've ever lost under Bellamy. Yeah. Um, but I think they're no, slowly five. Five, five. and they're, they're gradually I think getting everything back on track again uh, so look you know a test of premiership credentials for both of them this is a, this, this should be a semi-finals type game both of the sides are in the upper upper end of the eight uh, Sharks have got aspirations to perhaps jag a spot in the top four mathematically possible Storm certainly don't want to drop out of the top four after being you know sort of first and second all season so Sharks is to win I think Storm probably get there, but I want the Sharks to win. Absolutely. Okay, that is full time for episode 101. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, as billions of you do. So follow at TWI League. And we, it's, it's crazy how many tweets we get now through games and stuff like that. Oh. We just get slammed like 100 tweets a game. It's brilliant. Exactly. Um, not all of them are, you know, fit to print and not all of them are you know especially about the game so you know or able to be read out on the show keep them on keep them on subject as a post-match wrap out wrap up though and you know you're bound to get read out on the show so you know just keep that in mind uh facebook facebook.com forward slash this week in league the likes are creeping up the 100th episode uh got people inspired we got a good jump so i think we're 973 now 27 to go about six weeks. Foregone conclusion, my friend. Pretty pretty easy to do. Uh, so, 27. Hustle dudes. Let's get it. Let's get it. iTunes. The reviews are back. Uh, and the reviews are back in a big way, too, this week. We uh, had the first one here from uh, Brett underscore Oz, like A-U-S. And he's uh, entitled it 100 Episodes of Pure Genius 5 Stars. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, is it, uh, if you love your rugby league... You've got to get on board with this podcast. Nate and Glenn certainly know their stuff. It's always a great laugh, and it's refreshing to hear their opinion on the game. Thanks for all the effort you guys go to in making This Week in League. Look forward to listening each and every Thursday. Thanks, mate. That's awesome. And then we've got one of the best, five stars, by someone named Billy Billy SW. Separately... Nate and Glenn must be two of the most annoying characters you could come across. <laughs> Together, they're still you, sir. 
Together, they're still really annoying. Despite this handicap, they've managed to put together not only one of the best league podcasts, but one of the best podcasts overall I have had the pleasure to listen to. Well done, boys, and congrats on reaching 100 episodes. Hash, Tigers in decline. You were going so well too, mate. As a, well, no, not really, because he started off by saying we're fucking annoying. <laughs> well, that's factual. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't have a problem copping that. Okay, next one coming up, we have Great Show. Five stars from Simon J5. I was so sick of the experts in quotes claiming players like Ben Cray are good. Finally, a show that says it how it is. Go Tigers. And That's just, my man. Well just, done, Simon. And just on the Ben Cray thing, I saw some talk on Twitter with people speculating about what could possibly be uh, you know, the follow-up captain with the retirement of Hornby. And some people said it has to be Ben Cray. Wow. Yeah. So make it make that what you will. Uh, next one, hold your bat high. Five stars. Paul from Sydney. Well done on reaching ton, guys. Every episode has been a revelation. Thanks for all the laughs. You are welcome, Paul. Next one from Platy. Oh, me burn me next time down there. Platy one. A most insightful broad. A, a most insightful broadcast. Five stars. Truth and no holding back. Dot dot line break line break. Funny as hell. Line break, line break. Best in league since Frank or Cole? Frank Hyde. Cole. Who knows? Who's Cole? We're probably really fucking ignorant gronks for not fucking knowing that. Yeah, rude. But Frank Hyde, he he went all right. Not even remotely in the same category as Frank Hyde, but I appreciate uh, the sentiment. (laughs) And finally... It's high, it's wide, it's straight between the posts. Happy 100th. They said you'd never make it. Five stars from Michael Murray, who we know is uh, Michael Darren 79 on Twitter. Oh. Hash sex pest. Sex pest. I've given you guys a five-star review, not just from fear of having my internet usage history read out, because this podcast is my only independent no-holds-barred NRL week-in review. Glenn and Nathan have sound knowledge of all NRL teams and the issues surrounding them on and off the field. This podcast is perfect for your commute to work. Best of all, you can have your say via Twitter, just like kicking back with your mates at the local. When they're brought before court for defamation, I'll be the first to stump up for legal bills. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Tipping. I had a massive. I jumped up seven places this week. That's awesome. Uh, and you, uh, you went a couple too. I think you got up a three or four. In my past, so, car. No, in fact, okay. he's fucking. He's he's mowing me down. I'm on forty third. He's on forty sixth. Shit. You're on sixty ninth. Kyle, let me know what you want to drink, so I've got enough time to lace it with shards of glass. You got time. You got still got time to come back. I mean, there's not that many points between first and last on the table. Well, maybe between first and last, but like between first and sixty ninth. <laughs> um, so, uh, there's a bit of a log jam at the top of the table, but it's nowhere near as bad as it was uh, the other week when we had like, you know, 11 or something. Uh, we're down to seven now. On top, Whitey. He retains his lead by one point over. It's me, Cookie Bra, who's jumped up with another six-point week to 114 points. Skinny has dropped to third. He's on 113. Tied with Kylie M on fourth, who remains static on fourth on 113. Uh, what have we got there? Simo Ali. He maintains his share at fifth place with 112, tied with Todd H. 1987, who also maintains their share. All got six six uh, right this week. Tipping superstars. And David Tierney also on 112. So it's three points from from seventh to first, and uh, can be done. Can be. I mean, anyone like literally in the top 50, you can still make you can still make a run. You'd need to get a couple of perfect rounds. I mean, not going to lie, but if you could claw, you know, three points back on the the leading pack each week. Then you'd put yourself up there. There's definitely time, definitely. Sure. 
fantasy grand final qualifier week in the fantasy comps. Uh, unfortunately, I bowed out of one comp by 10 points. Fuck. Unlucky. And that was after I had Ben Barber revised down 26 and <laughs> Torn Torn Moga revised Some down Some of the revising's been up and down. They've been absolute spastics on the revising. It's like they're not watching like the games. Here and yeah, yeah, and twenty like, there. And then I had one like where um last week where I accidentally uh, had Nate Miles as captain, and he got ninety, and I was like fucking booyah. And then the next day he's revised down to like you know seventy something. And then back by the time they did the final revisions, he was back up to ninety something. So I'm like you know make up your mind, motherfuckers. Mm. Um, Barbara's uh, you know th- this week he's like seventy something, and then he got revised down to about fifty something. Uh, it's fucking ridiculous. Um. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I've got four guys playing for a place in the big one. It's a fucking tough match ahead of me, though. In one of them, I've got, I'm playing a dude that got 1,354 fucking points last week. Far up, mate. Admittedly, he only got like 11-something in the first week of the finals. So, yeah. you know, he's beatable. But uh, And he did have a lucky week. He had like, you know, Justin Hodges got fucking 112 or something like that. So, yeah, that was a lot it. of his points. Could and, have you contributed, know, yeah. Exactly. So, um and and uh, Thurston had a big week. He got eighty odd two, and he's lately this year he hasn't been so great. He was fairly reliable last year, but this year he seems to be like a thirty to forty point kind of player. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully I can get through that one because that's the money comp too. How are you going on yours? I know you. I know you're in the. I saw. Uh, I think I'm it, on Gorn. What about Tard Cup? I've said that. Yeah, I think I'm. Oh no, I'm there's, in the one with one Cruzy. Them, yeah, you're playing. You're playing for a spot in the grand final. I against think that might be all she wrote though. Are you going to win that one? What's the pumpkin? You you blew you blew it in the Twitter in the elite competition the money comps tard cup you blew it because you left fucking Conrad Hurrell in your side and someone else who wasn't playing. Yeah, see what happened was I thought I'd just do it in the afternoon before I left for the footy. Yeah, and then at about four o'clock, someone waltzed over to my desk and plonked a bourbon down in front of me and said, "Mate, it's down tools." And then we got chatting, and the next thing I was getting changed and going to the footy, and then I was at the footy drinking and. Locked out, game over. Lost, yeah, lost track. And the problem was you left two players in your side. Who was, I can't remember who the other one was, but I know Harrell was one of them, and he got pulled out late, so, you know, fair enough. But um, we didn't notice before the lockout, though. But, yeah, I'm not sure what the what the other one was. But I, was like, I looked at that, I thought, oh, fuck, dude. Because I, was, I, was, I wanted you to win the Tard Cup. I wanted, oh. I wanted you to win it, but now, you know... What the fuck do you get for winning the Tard Cup? You just get to be the King Tard. Well... A, a rightful uh, you get the plate a rightful moniker has, has never you know you get I the, can't you, you get think the, of what I'm saying anyway I'm saying I'm worthy of winning the Tard Cup you get the referential retard uh, award <laughs> so true so, so anyway good luck to everyone who's playing place in the big one except for the people that are playing me for a place in the grand finals because I want you to fucking lose uh, and finally shop still got stock of the revelation shirt hats stubby coolers all that good shit thisweekinleague.com forward slap Forward slap. Forward slap. Forward slash. That's what you shop. get if you don't buy some. You get a forward slap shop to uh, get in on the action. Hey, that is all I've got this week. Oh, no, I don't. Hold the presses. One last thing. We mentioned at the top of the show that we have an usurper to the crown of MC Kilogram. <laughs> now, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, do another podcast uh, this week in MMA. Uh, long story short, there's a fighter that's just recently retired. He's an Australian fighter. He fights out of the sunny coast. Uh, he had his last fight on a Fury event um, a couple of weeks ago. And he's uh, his name's Floyd Barber, but he's got this alter ego that he goes around as uh, called MC Barbecue. 
and he puts videos on YouTube and things like that. And he's uh, he's a pretty funny kind of guy. He's very funny on the mic and everything after fights as well. Uh, always good for you know to cut a quick sort of you know Charles Sun and you know WWE style promo. Anyway. Uh, he had his final fight on the show. We were sort of giving him his props, um, you know, for his career and everything and wondering what he was going to do next. He got on the Facebook and said, you know, you know, feeling the love, guys, thanks. So I went and had a look at his profile because I knew he did the MC Barbecue thing. I just wanted to see if he had any songs, you know, from his MC Barbecue days around. Went and had a look and one of them immediately caught my eye uh, called Kurt Gidley's A Sook. <laughs> so I listened to it. Man speaks the truth. He speaks the truth. Uh I enjoyed it greatly, uh, so I sort of got back to him and said, look, you know, speaking of feeling of love, love to put it on the show, you know, because, you know, we obviously you know, give it out pretty hard to Kirk Gidley as well, and, you know, it's a subject that's near and dear to our listeners' hearts. So, uh, in light of that, here is, uh, the band is called Enter the Ninja, of which, uh, you know, MC Barbecue is the front man of. Of course. And uh, here it is, to take, us, to take us out this week, Kirk Gidley's a sook. Enjoy. See you next week. at it again, trying to the ref, he wasn't back to 10, five seconds later, opposition to a try, Kurt's back at the ref with a tear in his eye, kicks it off, and it's out on the full, screams to the ref, a seagull knocked the ball, another drop, boy, think he saved his breath, but he got it, you know, he's back at the ref. Yeah.